0: So I feel as if I need to stop drinking coffee. It's one of the things that I think has just propelled me always to being just like super excited and like antsy and like there's just no relax. I found that I went on this like uh, I don't know, cleanse, I guess, or just I just stopped mm-hmm. doing coffee for a long time. Really? Yeah, I just kind of co- completely cut out of my diet and I found that I was less like quick to just like ramp up with excitement and eagerness and, and, and all that it leads to the dark side and leads to <laughs> negativity and leads to, you know, being overly stressed. And so yeah. I started jumping on like matcha and, uh, and like a bunch of other just like stuff. Like I tried mud water a couple of times. Mm-hmm. it's an actual brand it's not actual muddy water mm-hmm. but um and i just feel like i'm just like more chill today i had coffee and i noticed a huge difference because i haven't had it in so long uh. i've been i mean that was like 10 o'clock and it's like 10 hours later i'm still like wired so wow. i don't know i think my brain's just when you get a little bit of it it's like <laughs> mm. eh, well, give me more And I'm just, it's funny
1: yeah it's funny you say that because, you know, I'll tell you this much. I don't drink coffee. I've never drank. You know me. You've given me cups. You, you don't like this. the taste
0: of it. Of I, I'm not as
1: big the taste. But um, I do have like these doses of caffeine. I have a, an energy drink that you put in water. And in the mornings I use it. Hmm. That's kind of my, my boost uh, in the mornings. And then I'll have one even if I need one during the, the evening or uh, middle of the day. But I – you know what's funny is that on the back of the box, it doesn't tell you it says it has caffeine, but it doesn't tell you how much it has. I finally went online, and it some site tells you it's what, enough how much.
0: to kill two yaks, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it has twice the caffeine of a Red Bull, and I, I'm like, whoa, like because we know Red Bull's Red Bull's pretty hardcore; you, it gets you pretty amps, and yeah. it's twice that. And I'm like, holy crap! It, I've been I've been drinking this one every Red Bull is equivalent like to
0: four lines of cocaine. <laughs> I just made that up. But, uh, and, it, but oh, <laughs> a, a yak serving of cocaine. If that's a, really yak serving right. of, a yak serving of, and that's the thing. Uh, cocaine. I mean, yaks do a lot of blow, but uh, you know, a lot of disco biscuits. The yak community. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where yeah. I'm going with this. Again, uh, I've been like this all day, where I'm just kind of like z- zany. So this is gonna be that kind of episode where I'm zany and crazy man. and weird. So man, anyway. you're gonna get wild, right? Okay, okay. I guess so. My Good. bad. My, my pre- apologies to everybody. So, um, let's go ahead and tell them what they won for this episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast. Sorry to go off on a tangent. Again, I'm on coffee today, guys. I will try to do my best not to be on. Uh, the devil's elixir in the future. So the,
1: the yak blow. All right, I got you.
0: Blue. All
1: right, guys. Uh, like Miles said, yes, welcome. This is an Nissan Nerd podcast here for another episode for you guys. Thank you for being with us uh, on this episode. We're going to give you a history lesson about a Datsun 240Z, which actually set multiple speed records at the Bonneville Salt Flats back in the 70s. Also, we learned that a uh, Nissan executive has said that Nissan would like to sell a cheap electric sports car. Uh, I know we've got a lot to uh, talk about, to speculate on that one. And then later, of course, uh, we highlight a few custom builds which have debuted recently at the SEMA convention, uh, which just wrapped up in Las Vegas. So we'll go ahead and highlight those builds, though. This is the Nissan Nerd Podcast. Let's get into it oh
0: man we gotta do another road event it's been a hot minute since we've done a road thing and our road trips are always so fun they Just, are. I feel like 2023 wasn't the best for road trips. I don't know. I feel like we, we could have been better. Uh, so,
1: yeah. I mean, we, we definitely need one or two, you know, last year we did. You a have road night buy, one You have to thing. impulsively buy something
0: that you don't need.
1: Impulsive. Like, uh, yeah.
0: You need. A, I need to get you to buy like a a Pulsar or something.
1: If, dude, a pulsar. If I can find a GTIR, if I had the money saved behind it, that, or honestly, so uh, if you have the means. Honestly, though, um, slick top three hundred. If I ever can get my hands on a cheap slick top 300. do don't even start. I, I know. I know. I put a few I, I, in front of
0: you. And yeah. You 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 turned uh, them away, uh, ladies. Uh, Not no, today, yeah. ladies. No. <laughs> oh like the matrix so one of these days we'll find you something cool i need you need something weird in your life you need something that you Ooh. can't get parts for anymore that's what you I, need
1: i'm not sure if this one's going to be hard to find though but this sounds so crazy uh you know when we were talking about that lemon uh lemon's uh, entry idea yeah. for some reason a 2 a 90s era 200 sx that's
0: it, what's it, on my it is, list it's it the only thing that i would make a space for in the garage i'm, I'm saving that one spot for something weird that's weird i right? just and haven't it, found it yet it, so. they're just so
1: hard to find nowadays and they go they're under the radar pain. so mad so badly
0: we'll talk you more yeah. about it offline but later yes later. i need to find you something weird to <laughs> destroy your night's sleep in hun- parts hunting so yeah we're great, look right. forward to it, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to everybody uh, to another episode of the Nissan Nerd Podcast. Obviously, uh, my name is Miles, this is Mike, uh, my co-host, as we always are doing this here for you. Um, it's been a minute, man, since, uh, w- well, I-, I lie, I saw you last weekend and you made me work like
1: a slave at your house. Two weekends in a row, actually. Two weekends man, in a row you've worked
0: me <laughs> like a slave, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's
1: okay. sorry. Well, hey, I'm... I'm glad you mentioned it because I did want to say thanks to you for that,
0: hmm.
1: um, for all that we did, but also, and then for those who saw our promotion for the show this week, um, we use the, uh, the whole tool time, Tim Allen, Al Borland type of uh for anybody who was a nineties kid, or at least was around in the nineties. They, they know what this was about, but I said, I did this specifically because you helped me out so much uh, this last two weeks with my house. So it's an ongoing project. Uh, I've got lamps, ceiling fans, uh, mini, blinds, mini uh, blinds, a bunch installed. of electrical
0: outlets, moving yeah. stuff. What a lot. Yeah.
1: And That's honestly, it. man, you've really—I you really, really want to say thank you, man. You've—you've you've pulled through so so much. Uh, and you, you. I had to make your—I
0: had to make your living situation better for you, so you have no excuse not to work on your cars. So.
1: That is true. I mean, you really pushed me. And the thing is, though it wasn't until late Saturday that I realized why you were also pushing me because what'd you say? You're like, Hey, uh, I'm going to push you through this because I want you, I want to get in the garage. We're going to work on that 300. And so of course you are helping me with that too. I have a picture. I got some pictures of that. Um, For those who follow up.
0: It's like, it's just there. All it is. This is, this was the top of the hill that we needed to get over to do this. This was us last time we put a, we scuffed, sanded this whole damn thing, and then we put it in a, in a high build primer so we mm-hmm. could knock it all down. And that's kind of where it left. We we haven't knocked anything down. And then yeah. come Saturday, I'm like, all right, I did all this crazy stuff for you. We busted it out in record time. Let's get in the garage and let's work on this thing because we haven't touched it in months. So uh, we got yeah. at it. Yeah, so we just got in there and started knocking everything down, blowing everything out.
1: And, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So no, we
0: started our day.
1: Yeah, you know, we're scuffing an entire engine bay like you said that had this high build primer, it was very yeah. grainy to the touch. We had to smooth out most areas and then of course left a huge mess cuz it's all these pieces falling to the ground.
0: Sanding's uh, never fun and never clean. So mm-hmm. we got but, into it. It literally
1: got into the dark night. If you see the background for those who see the pictures with us, you know, we're getting into late at night. I have these real nice lamps uh, underneath like the car. 3 hours of
0: prep. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: And uh, we we tacked down and, and and degreased, and then all of a sudden we started making clouds. For those who could see that, man, we are—that's some paint clouds in the carport area as we are uh, <laughs> laying down uh, actual paint. We have, I you know, we've mentioned it here in the past uh,
0: on the show that
1: um, we did a budget build. I mean,
0: yeah. You know, we were you know going from the original paint that was in your engine bay, and it was kind of scuffed, scratched you know, brake fluid had fallen on it. It was like staining it. And that's unfortunate with silver. It's just one of those colors that just shows a lot of that detail, just like white and stuff. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had talked you into like, hey, let's do a budget engine bay job. And you're like, no, no. And, and we finally, I finally said, hey, you can do this. It's, it's, uh, it's not going to delay us that much. Wink, wink. Yeah. Anyway, we got uh, to it to where we actually laid down some paint. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, getting good photos of that.
1: We do. We do. So, yeah, uh, actually, at this point, I think we're, we had just finished up the paint. You can, see, you can see the foggy. <laughs> that's just the, yeah, the, the remainder. But if you look at it honestly, though, man, I think we did a, a, a damn good job, dude. Uh, I think we
0: did, too. I mean, we laid it. And that's probably like two passes. Mm-hmm. I, I think it came out pretty good. Um, we haven't put even we haven't even put clear on it. So the depth is in there. So what we're, we're going to go yes. through it one more time. Um, and lay down another uh, paint layer, and then we'll. Mm-hmm. You're usually not going to s- supposed to do this much time between everything. But we had a plan. We were going to kind of do this, and then from there, go back through again, tack it all down, let everything cure, and then we're going to lay down uh, another layer, and then we'll yep. come back through and follow clear. So we had a plan. I know it's <laughs> kind of space stuff out like that, but I think it came out pretty good um, I- for doing it out of. A uh, 2k can so it's not too bad so it, i'm really impressed
1: by it too i know um again thank you again I mean, for pulling balance, I mean, this like
0: I mean, maybe we got 200 bucks in it maybe so it's not too what bad.
1: i what i really liked about it though miles is that i believe on monday you actually threw this out to social media uh on a personal post showing what we did and of course we have a lot of uh, Z fans and, and, and friends that, that are probably more versed in paint than I am, or you are. And they actually came back with a lot of good advice. And yeah. so honestly, I think that's really directed where we're going
0: forward. Yeah, Tyler Spriggs uh, from time to time, he's actually an amazing painter. I'm okay. Like I'm okay for a budget build. I can lay paint. Um, you know, I, I've never really worked a lot with the aerosol stuff. I usually I'm going to lay it all down with like a high volume gun. I've got a couple guns in the garage that I like one, fancy one and then the rest of them are just Harbor Freight Specials that do the job but when I'm laying down stuff on an actual car and I want it to be good like I'm going to shoot somebody's track car it comes out okay it's not too bad but this engine bay I really wanted to work for you and using a rattle can I I didn't have a choice you wanted to definitely wanted to use the rattle can and you, I, wanted to, you wanted to use that paint code matching, the, which was actually a really great service. I, I've only yeah. used that like maybe twice in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I know that it actually comes out with good results as long as you get a good a, uh, a good paint supplier. And we did. And, and we I did. think it came yeah. out really good. Um, it was a great paint match uh, for what it is. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, we'll hit it again. And we'll. Uh, I think after that, it's going to be choice when the clear is all laid and uh, we'll tack it all, blow it out four or five times, tack it <laughs> once or yep. twice, and then we'll come at it. So,
1: I'm I'm really excited about it, man. I think uh, looking forward to it, and uh, yeah,
0: it yeah, I, I think we're there. looking
1: pretty good. Um, I did want to do one thing, Miles. Is that I hate to call you out on it, but uh, yeah. I just want to let you. I I, I don't know what it really. What's the word? Um. It really put things in perspective, something that happened uh, this last week, which was um, Facebook shared that, of course, uh, you recently shared a,
0: uh, a wedding anniversary. Um, eight years, dude. Congratulations, yeah, with, uh, dude. Uh, my wife and married eight years, but I've been spending so much time at your house. We are <laughs> – no longer going to be married for eight years. We're we wishing as far as it's going to go. So, uh, no, man. so back to the, I'm just kidding. Now no. uh, I, uh, my amazing wife, Anna, and then uh, my beautiful daughter, Pia, they put up with a lot of my antics, just like many other people on here who live the married married life and also the car enthusiast world. So you can't do it alone. Sometimes it's always nice to know that you have support. And then of course, friends too, as well, if you were, if you are living that single life, I salute you as well. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, kudos to you for, uh, just kind of doing that as well. But, um, those that, uh, choose to kind of go with a, uh, a companion, uh, it definitely is, you got to make sure that they're super cool with it. Otherwise it's a fight all the time, but, uh, I'm I'm lucky in that respect. This is actually the uh, the wedding. Yeah. Um, this was the photo right before the uh, the actual <laughs> the wedding. This is this is yeah. yeah. Go ahead. You you. I was the, gonna say uh, the irony like... about this is these are all Nissan people. Every single one of these <laughs> is, and these are all like friends that I've met through the Z world. Um, except for the curly haired guy. That's actually my wife's best friend. I'm in the mm-hmm. red tie and to the left with the big curly fro. Yep. Um, his name's Adam. And, surpri- and just, you know, through chance, he's actually uh, a Nissan Altima guy of all things. Like, he's just a regular Altima guy. He's got that but big
1: Altima energy. He's just saying? got that big
0: Altima energy, man. But that, it's that's funny. Why Every single one D of guys? these people here is a <laughs> Nissan nerd. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. It just worked out.
1: Well, and that's what got me. This is how I remembered because this photo showed up in my my memories uh, on on Facebook, and yeah, I think about this picture. Of course, there you are. I'm in on the right. Uh, our buddy Ion's right in the middle here. Yeah. yeah, everybody here is a Z. Somebody that I've met only because. We share a common thread, which is yeah. Nissan NZ. and Here it is. This is a life event. You know, this is this is a wedding. You only get two or three in a lifetime. You know, miles of these. So, yeah. And it's <laughs> but, all going to be the no. same
0: guys. The same guys are going to be the exact same bachelor layout, mm-hmm. um, probably. So it's just kind of funny, but uh, yeah. Well, it's it crazy. Thing- yeah, I could take the same picture for a lot of these guys who have gotten married to as well, and it would pretty much be. A damn near identical photo. I mean, we all just ha- yep. kind of have the same friends, so.
1: Yep, and I don't know if it looks like this, to you, Miles, but in mine, it, this picture may look a little grainy. You know what I mean? It probably I don't know. Is. It yeah. is an eight-year-old photo, so like the the, the pics on the camera yeah. weren't the best. You know, so that's yeah, why. <laughs> that's all right. We did the
0: we did a good job. So.
1: Again, congratulations, man! Uh, happy anniversary to you and Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Miles Hall. You know what I mean? and uh <laughs>
0: this is my
1: song. well you know i just you know what i mean i just
0: well i appreciate give... you uh giving a shout out to the wife but uh yeah for all those out there uh, a big shout out to the uh the significant others that are holding it down um while we're out there in the garage tinkering and chiseling away at whatever we think is important so yep
1: well but. speaking of that miles though um we do you said shout outs uh yeah. you want to give a shout outs for those of you that are with us online uh we see you and if you if you chat in yeah. the comments we'll uh, contribute uh we got our boy uh Mr. Miriani here with AutoWorks checking mm-hmm. it out giving Sorry. us uh <laughs> hey we're here with you guys so thank you
0: for being with us yeah appreciate you oh. for jumping on with us tonight so uh, oh Brian Vella thanks for jumping on thank you for being Um, here. of course he's going to jump on because you know we're going to mention and talk a little bit about it (laughs) so you know brian's jumping in he's just waiting to hear his name of course his massive accomplishment which we'll talk about a little bit later here uh in the show so but uh yeah thanks again for everybody for being on with us here live um again anything you'd like to tell us just please post it in the comment sections below uh, we see you, and, of course, we'll share some of those comments throughout the show. Um, I do want to give a um, – let's go ahead and just kind of go into our compai. Um we're, We started chatting a little bit at the beginning of this and just kind of shooting the breeze, but yeah. let's get a little more caught up to stay on our timeline. But uh, let's go ahead and jump into compai um, Let's give a salute to those in the Nissan family who wish good health, and to those we've lost, may we be reminded of them often, our normal compai.
1: Throw them up. As we see you. Uh, yes. Join us if you've got it, guys. Kanpai.
0: All right. Now, uh, Mike, you mm. needed to add um, a few community notifications to the comp. I hear um, some, uh, some shout outs, right?
1: I do. I do. So, uh, you know, something that we've been doing the last couple of episodes is giving a shout out to our friends that are fans of the show and, and friends that we've met along the way. Um, This show is no exception. We're going to go ahead and share a a shout out a happy birthday to our friend in Japan. Of course, we were talking about Tetsu Takakamo. He is, uh, what would you say, Miles, an OG Nissan Z guy, um, owner uh, and operator of Ultimate Z Garage, uh, just north of Tokyo, Utsunomiya.
0: Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, Tetsu's Old Testament when it comes to Z's. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really get much better than him. Um, he, To me, he's kind of like the grandfather of the Z. Um, he's basically Mad Mike in Japan for us. You know? <laughs> and now that Mr. K's gone, he's really our link to everything in Japan when we need to, uh, when, you know, like Chris and... and Everybody from the ZCCA are, are doing theirs. He's a really integral part. Plus, he is, again, he's old school. So he lived that life, and he's lived that Nissan life for, uh, you know, I'm not going to age him in any way. But, uh, and, and he's held down a very successful Z shop, um, Ultimate Z Garage in Japan. Uh, you know, it doesn't get much better than Tetsu. Um, I,
1: Amazing guy. I, I I love. Is he <laughs> is he the one who came up with the whole no photo?
0: Yeah, thing? yeah. That's I, it. It started <laughs> with I think one of the Z Crazies tours, um, and it was in full effect by the time you and I uh, started making our way uh, to Japan to visit him um, along on the Z Crazies tour. We were lucky enough to be invited on individual trips. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and tattoo is very integral in actually getting um, some of the Japanese uh, cars. And of course the Japanese dignitaries to come over um, just about every year or every other year uh, when they can. So um, yeah, I, I remember one year and it was mm-hmm. crazy. Um, I think it was like long beach Z convention. He actually, we actually had an opportunity to bring over a bunch of Z cars from Japan and bring them over on a boat, shipped, and then we we had them as as part of the uh, the Z convention, and so it was like in, insane that, that that they brought over their cars. But that was a huge ordeal when that when that
1: yeah. happened. When I was and there he for that. I think and was he the, has that 280ZX with the the RB swap
0: on it. He was he has the most legendary 280ZX, oh, yeah. the wide body gold 280ZX. That is all Tetsu, and uh, if you go to a shop in Japan, if you're ever lucky enough to. Um, you just walk around there, and it's just tons of historical data. I mean, you can you can also, I mean, it's a shop, so you can kind of say, "Hey, tattoo, I need a, some right hand draw. I need some uh, S thirty JDM mirrors. You got me?" Because yeah, there's like twenty right there. Just grab and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Like, I don't know, it's just he he blows me away. And then, of course, his knowledge. He's been modifying like S thirty chassis and installing like s13 subframes and which nobody was doing back then you know or r32 subframes into s30s i mean he's just the man's a legend so Mm.
1: um yeah Yeah. i can't
0: say i I could talk about him all day long so uh but again i just want to give him a proper shout out a big thank you to Tetsu for everything he does he's kind of like my uh the unsung hero for the z community so
1: Yes. Happy birthday to Tetsu. Also want to give a shout out. Happy birthday to our good friend, uh, Kevin Steffen. Uh, Now, we've met him at Branson Z-Fest, I believe, uh, last year, Yeah, and it was just I don't know what it was. uh, Him and uh, his wife, uh, Kelsey, they like to travel. And I think at one point last year, they wanted to come to uh, San Antonio. They called us up and we had a night on the town, man. It was a great time. This is a photo here. uh we are in front of the alamo i can't believe that the sunlight kind of blocked that out but uh we had a great time and just this week i think two days ago was his birthday so just as a friend we wanted to say uh happy birthday to uh kevin uh, stefan and uh, we look forward to seeing him again uh at another uh branson z fest as well but uh good people yeah Sorry. so that's that's our shout out there for uh, for our con pie, of course guys
0: um Let's look at the chats real quick, though. We did have a few. Um... Harold chimed in. He said Dallas 2006. I was like, I think that was right. I-, I can't remember what year it was, but, I mean, you go to enough of these, they kind of all just blend together. <laughs> but, um, yeah, maybe – I thought it was Long Beach, but maybe uh, maybe Dallas 2006 was right. Maybe or maybe it happened twice. So, But uh, Edgar's in his garage tonight. Um Working on his Z and listening to the podcast. Thanks for being on with us. That's assuming the way it needs he's to be done ready for the next big event. So, yeah, good job. Yep, yep. <laughs>
1: All good, man. All good. Um, so, if you want, Miles, I'll get on to the next one here. Uh, so, guys, uh, this part of the show is typically where we do Nissan news yeah. and. Um, this is where Miles and I, we each scour the internet for some of the latest Nissan articles or articles of interest uh, related to Nissan, Datsun, Infinity. And they come from both either the Nissan uh, official newsroom or from uh, media outlets at large. Um, I'll got the first one, Miles, if you want. That's cool with you. I'm yeah, good. I'll kick it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll share my screen on this one, guys, uh, of course, as we always do. So what I wanted to share uh, this this uh, this episode is more of a history lesson. And honestly, it was news to me. I I, I really didn't think of it uh, or, or know of it before. So if it was news to me, hey, I wanted to share it with you guys. But um, what they're talking about here, this, this article came from ClassicMotorsports.com. They're talking about a 240Z, Datsun 240Z record holder, uh, at the Bonneville Salt Flats in Utah. This was, these records were set uh, in the 70s, uh, uh, at least at that time, uh, record holder. But what makes this story unique and, and and great to me was that, you know, when you think of Dotson and, and Z-Car, uh, you know, especially in the 70s, they had just come out, and, I mean, I think at that time, Datsuns were widely known as just being an affordable car. When you think of the five tens and the roadsters, economical because this is also probably you're getting into the gas crisis era. You know, it's not very. I don't think it was very common to 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 uh, uh, to think of a uh, speed record holder when you thought of Datsun at that time, and, and much less you know in a straight line. Now, even today, when I think of Datsun, or if I asked maybe most people with Datsun, they might say um, you know, a Canyon cruiser, you go out some curvy roads to have a good time in a nice classic car. So what I liked about it so much was that we're talking about Bonneville salt flat record holder and Z cars. Mm-hmm. So that's what this salt, this, what this, uh, this article is about. And, uh, let me see if I can share some photos on this one. I'm going to go ahead and scroll down and share a few photos as we go. But, um, uh, just to give you guys a little bit of a history lesson though. Um, this 240Z uh, was a chassis that was used and tweaked by multiple uh, and tweaked with multiple iterations between 1972 and 1976, uh, and and raced uh, and setting records again at the Bonneville Salt Flats uh, in Utah. Uh, this chassis, this particular Z car, went through multiple owners. Um, first owned by uh, racer Brown, and he was a famous race uh, race car, camshaft grinder, who uh, essentially broke records uh, with this car by reaching, think about it, you know, again, this is the 1972, uh, 152 miles an hour uh, for this class. Of course, we know cars can go faster even then, but for, again, in competition, you have different classes. So for, I believe it was the F class, 152.134 miles an hour was a record that it set, and I believe it did it with the original 2.4 liter inline six, uh, engine. Um, of course, eventually what you saw happen though, is that this car, this chassis was then, um, handed or sold over to Nissan USA volunteers. They were led by Bob Stockman who got their hands on it. Um, and over the next couple of years, literally, this is a, um, uh, you might call it a a, a Nissan-backed program. Yeah. Uh, essentially.
0: The tech center, actually. Um, at, at that time, Nissan had a tech center, and mm-hmm. the tech center employees all got it. And I know this vehicle well because I, I, I actually talked to a guy named Jaffe, who yes. ended up owning this car years. Sorry. I apologize. I, I don't mean to steer your thunder. But, no. yeah, it was a technical uh, group of guys that actually put it together. The uh, The gentleman on the far right. I think that's Stockman, if I remember correctly. Okay. And I, I I lose names for the rest of those. But I remember, like, Tom O'Connor was another guy that was involved. And I'm going off of memory yep. here. So if I get anybody's name wrong, I do apologize. But I remember Stockman was the guy at the end. And uh, I heard a, f- a couple funny stories about him getting in and out of the car, like as far as them <laughs> adjusting stuff. But I won't go into that to, to bleed out time here. But, uh, yeah, that's it was an adopted thing at that time for them to put it. That, there's a lot of history in the car. I'm glad you talked about it, but I, I didn't want to still focus. But please continue.
1: No, all good. All good, man. But, yes, like you said, man, Um, essentially. uh, Oh, where was it at here? Uh, this was essentially a Nissan backed program uh, at the time. Again, I like guess said, Bob Stockman was the lead and he was also the driver uh, for most of these record setting, record setting uh, attempts here. Um, th- these volunteers, uh, Nissan employees were handed a $5,000 budget essentially each year uh, that it owned that car. Uh, and it, of course, the program essentially ended in 76. I actually looked this up because I was like, $5,000, what is that really? So $5,000 in today's money was actually about, tw- or sorry, $5,000 back then was like $26,000 today. Uh, so if it gives you a better perspective of the budget that they were given for this car uh, to, to to go and attempt to break these records, that's a rather, you know, for, I think a, a healthy budget. I mean, I, I think, you know. Um essentially though this chassis continued to break its its class records uh ultimately reaching 166.37 miles per hour in 1976. Um and for those who know the Bolts, the Bonneville Salt Flats and how they come up uh with that time, that set, it's not like it's a peak one time reached, it's actually an average of three runs along the way. It, there's a whole set set up to it, so this was not just a one time thing, this was an average. So, um, Bob, though, in this article recalls, and I'll scroll down a little bit more to uh, Tom O'Connor, like he did say, um, uh, Bob recalls that uh, there were actually, um, uh, Owners and, and racers in and an E-Type Jaguar and also a 300 SL Mercedes, they said they were so pissed off uh, that the Z went so fast. Um, you know, when you think about it, speed per dollar, of course, like I said earlier, Datsun, and at least from the perspective I've had, is that it was the economical alternative to a sports car in the 70s, you know. And so you got these guys in Mercedes and Jags, and they're just, you know, surprised, shocked and pissed is just that how could this car actually go, um, you know, that fast.
0: So, um, if uh, I, if I may, I mean, you got a bunch of Nissan, you got an entire Nissan technician center behind you. mm -hmm. They're going to kick some ass. I mean, (laughs) let's just call it what it is. You know, these guys are innovators and and to be honest, I mean, let's look at the aerodynamic design of this car to begin with. You know, from a stock perspective, it's already a very good design, and then they're just going to come through, slap a Geno's on it, modify it, you know, <laughs> and and you know, God knows whatever else they did on this car, um, to uh, to streamline it, and then you know, drop the center, and then it, it, go from there. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, oh. these these guys were gonna, you know, they were gonna come out and kick some tail. They did mm-hmm. surprisingly better than they anticipated. So. Yeah.
1: So uh, as far as the last records that they were set, though, the last record actually beat the uh, Mercedes Goldwing, uh, in which apparently was in the same class, by 13 miles an hour. That's how much faster it was, for reference, uh, 13 miles an hour faster on an average top speed than a Mercedes Gullwing. That record, again, at 166.37 miles per hour, actually would hold the record for nine years. It wasn't until the mid-80s that that record was broken by a Ferrari. So to see a Datsun, you know, outshine Jags and Mercedes and then just barely, they said, the, bar- the record was barely beaten by a Ferrari nine years later. I really goes, uh, I think it's a really accolade that Nissan and this factory effort uh, did so well. Um, I didn't really want to let people know this again. I-, I didn't know this. And so I really enjoyed this article. Um, Now that's the first half of the story. So what's happening now is that um, you know after 1976, Nissan never returned to the salt flats in any in any fashion uh, as a full-on factory effort. You know, although we do know that there are a lot of private teams who will use a Datsun or a Nissan or Infinity, but it was never Nissan specifically. Uh, This car, this chassis specifically, has sat. uh, it, It sat at the Lane Motor Museum. In Tennessee for nearly 50 years, it was just collecting dust. It wasn't until about 2020, like you said earlier, Miles, uh, we know him as a renowned Z car owner and fanatic, uh, Randy Jaffe. Um, he was actually was able to take possession of this car. And with the assistance of Rob Fuller at Dotson Z car garage in California, they were able to re- recondition this car restore this car back into its former glory uh you know i think at that time when that car was received the original engine that was used to set those records was no longer in the car uh i believe there was a race i think as of right now actually i'll get some more pictures here that's randy jaffe and rob fuller there with uh the car now as it is behind them uh and its current Glory! It said it took 60 hours of detail time to get the car kind of back Damn. to its original kind of uh, restoration phase, you know.
0: With something that historic, it's like you really kind of have to like, you know, when we're talking like paint restoration, and, and there are some actual avid painters on here, so I'll kind of watch what I say, and then maybe they <laughs> want to kind of chime in and correct me. But it really is like you have to take everything off in like – really low layer so you're like i'm not gonna start with a thousand on this i'm gonna really take my time in detail and then really get into all because you start dancing with the idea like i i can't take this away or or clean it up because this wasn't the way that it historically it was like you know like adjusting jams and things like that like you have to leave it the way it was you're really just kind of going in and polishing the historical aspect of the car you yeah, know, you're making it, it clean and detailed. And, and so it's it, it's something you have to wrestle with as as somebody that's that's trying to preserve history or, or bring out the brill- bring the brilliance back yeah. to something this historic.
1: That that's true. And that's actually something that's really kind of cool uh, for those who know uh, Randy Jaffe, too, is that this is not his first Dotson restoration. He yeah. has. A, t- a handful, I mean, tons of other Nissan Z cars. Essentially, his private collection is a museum on its own. And a lot of them are tribute cars. But what he's known for, has what he's done in the past is, as part of a restoration that he has, he will find uh, some of the original parts that were used in a racing car and purchase them and put them in the car. So not only are you seeing a restored version but it's still retaining character and it's actually like these these um i don't want to say souvenirs but like these timeless pieces every you know a lot of these components that are in his cars have a story of their own you know where'd you get that steering wheel from i'll give you an example uh this car here the steering wheel of this car uh was used in a uh essentially was used in the 432 Datsun. You know the Datsun where you had the two-liter dual mm-hmm. cam that was used in the early Skylines? This particular chassis number, when you go back to the factory, uh, according to records here, were, we're tweaked. Um a certain number of chassis, this was one of them as far as being uh, lighter. You might even say a thinner uh, metal is what they mentioned here in the article. But the steering wheel alone was from a 432 edition Datsun Z car. The seats as well, They were these bucket seats were from a 432 uh, Datsun as well. Um, also, in this, this picture particularly too, if you look at the door jams, you know, you know the car is being maroon with the stars and, and all. In the door jams, you see orange. And the reason behind that orange overspray—it's not overspray, uh, maybe a previous layer of paint—is because remember where I was talking about the previous owner being um, uh, Racer Brown uh, uh, owning this car before. Well, the car was originally orange at that point, and so that orange is sort of retaining that livery of what the car was in a previous life, which is a story. So it's it it's it's. I don't want to call them Easter eggs, but it's like if, if you ask why something is specifically this way in this car, Randy would be the type of guy that tells you everything about that car. Um, it, it really is an amazing build, though, too. Again, this is through ClassicMotorsports.com. We're going to put the notes uh, in this article uh, this article in our show notes. You can read more about it. Uh, it, again not only is this a really cool history lesson about the, about this car and Dodson uh, setting speed records, but it is also a story of redemption where you see this car that set all these records and essentially collected dust for nearly 50 years only to be brought back into its former glory by a dedicated Z enthusiast it really is a beautiful story though and that's what I really wanted to share with you um, as as this article though miles. Um, I'm glad you know so much about it I didn't know you
0: knew as much about it as you did you know I I, I know about it because I've talked to jaffe and this was years ago uh, about that car and uh, it was just kind of one of those things where we talked about it in passing and I, I had a for a time I had a small obsession with with Bonneville Z's um, you know running especially like some of the early dots and stuff and then of course you know getting into you um, when they were getting really competitive with the, with the, 300 ZX. Um, so I just kind of had this, you know, um, this fanboy crush on some of them. And, uh, there's just a cool factor that goes along with that, you know? And so I, I knew that he was one of the owners, so I had an opportunity to kind of chat with him. Uh, it's been some time I can't even recall again. It's probably at a Zika convention for my historical, <coughs> uh, recollection. So. Yeah, okay. um, I did want to say George uh, chimed in here, and he said exactly right when he was when you were talking about you know Daxton's on the scene, um, mm-hmm. you know with uh, doing the Bonneville that time. So he said exactly right, guys. He goes, I was around when the Z first came out. Um, we didn't know what to make of it. And basically, is the Z um, car for real? And he goes, Well, it was, and it is, you know, to this day. And I, I, I would kind of agree. You know, yeah. at that time, it was extremely groundbreaking. And the aerodynamics, you know, be it whatever they were at the time, you know, for style, it it lended itself to a, an extremely aerodynamic vehicle at that time, which mm-hmm. turned out to be extremely competitive. Yeah. So.
1: so, you know, one thing before we move on, though, Miles, is that when I think about this effort and the records that were set with this car, it reminds me of what the Safari Z did in the South, was it the North uh, South Africa rally, uh, African rally, where, you know, I think they're similar in some ways, but also different. Like, for example, this was sort of like, oh, hey, we got, we got, here's a, here's a minimal budget, you know, go have fun, you know, employees on their off time. Nissan employees on their off time did this. You know, didn't really know what to expect. And here we go. They are setting records that held for nearly a decade. And Then you get into, like, what, the Safari Z was like, which was,
0: I well that was to really kind of the, the Safari entry was really to kind of get the Datsun name out there. I mean, they were dumping these, yeah. and this is like they were in it before the uh, S thirty kind of jumped in, and then here they are. They dropped the S thirty, and it just turns out to be this amazing machine that just, you know, sets sets a, a huge mile marker with being competitive and doing extremely well in those settings. Mm -hmm. in that day and the age and it you know that particular race in my opinion from a global perspective really kind of set it it put the Datsun on the map you know it it put that Mm -hmm. that Z on the map and uh, it made Nissan um, really kind of a celebrity overnight at that
1: time so and it makes Datsun more versatile you know Uh, again from a rally perspective which is an endurance race in high heat and and rough terrain yeah. to, to get it into a salt flats, high speed record, which is a very American thing, I think, right? Top speed, straight line. So you see this versa versatility that the Z, the the Z
0: is capable of. Yeah. You know, at the time, I mean, everybody was chasing speed and, and, and... Okay, and, and I'm gonna nerd out here for, for, for a couple it. different for seconds. It. So you know, at that time in the history of the United States, I mean, we were coming off of everything from rubber shortages to oil shortages, to and, and you know, you had a bunch of people that wanted power, that wanted to show off the power that, and then the hot rodding scene was kind of coming around, and then the low riding scene was kind of coming around. We're talking, you know, this is probably 15 years before the the Datsun S30 even kind of was was there. So the the setting of everything was there. You know indy was starting to take off nascar was you know in in the infancy of its roots uh you know all those things were like perfect and speed and power were really in the american culture at that time and you know the the the, the drivability and the um, the endurance aspect was very much on a global setting which it kind of still is to this day you know people are still thinking rally and everything else and and it there's a lot of differences in cultures when you start talking about placement of of countries and things like that. But Mm -hmm. one thing that kind of reigns true in, at least in the American culture, it's always been like, how fast can you go? You know, and and it's either like, how fast can you go in a, in in a particular setting, you know, in a one eighth or a one quarter. Um, And then from there, it it just said, well, screw it. How fast can you go as a whole? And then, you know, you had these like races that kind of came around and, and the salt back in the day was its own, uh, was its own world, you know, yeah. and I, I nerded out on that culture for a really long time too, as well. And the custom culture and the Bonneville salt flats were uh, at a certain point married. And then, and then a few years later, you know, Dotson had an opportunity to try its hand at it and here you are. And, and that's why people, you know, I, I, um, people don't really know the importance of that car. And I'm glad you had an opportunity to kind of talk about it in this setting. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome.
1: Um, Let's move on to our next episode. Or our next. Uh, <laughs>
0: Sorry,
1: no, 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 no. It's it, it's good. I mean, I think I'm actually pretty excited about this next story, which is yours. Yeah, sure. Uh, and and this was an article. Man, I don't want to give it away. You you go for. It. I'm actually excited to talk about
0: this. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. So I, it, it, this is kind of something that I've been harping on for a while. If you've kind of listened to me rant from time to time, like I always have this massive complaint that there's not a uh, what I like to call like an entry level or a midship sports car that's available. Of, of course, you know you kind of shoot yourself in the foot as a manufacturer. Like you develop a, a sports car as fabulous as the Z, and then here you are developing a sports car that's at a lower level, that's at a different cost rate. But yeah. it's one of those things that we've kind of had historically with Nissan in the past. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we we've had those, luckily, in, in historic years, but. You know, Nissan's kind of gone through this whole, let's, let's, you know, especially coming after COVID, we've talked about this. If you go to back to our episodes, you know, there was an importance of let's focus on getting the company healthy. Let's focus on getting back to where we want to be as an entity. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, we've always kind of left that dream out there like, hey, we'll get to it when we get to it as far as a, a brand, in my opinion. But, you know, and this article came out, it was with Motor1.com. And it said basically at the top of it, it says, Nissan wants to sell a cheaper electric sports car to people in their early 20s. Now, stop there. Yeah. And let's talk about what they're featuring at the forefront um, of this article. And it's the IDX. Uh, For those that don't know, the IDX is a massive romance piece for me and Mike. Um, So much that we've reached out to uh, Malcolm Beasley, who is the designer of this car. And I talked to him probably on a weekly level. And, <laughs> and it's funny if you ever, if you follow his page through like Facebook and he's very much on Facebook, a very nice guy. He will openly still talk about it about once a month or every two months. Like, God damn, I wish we were made that car. And you know, it's funny that the, that the title that goes along with this car is always the greatest car Never that was
1: made. A, never made
0: greatest Nissan never made. And, and there's probably a lot of truth to it. I mean, it, for whatever reason it was uh, the path wasn't followed, which I think was a huge mistake, but you know, again, I'm not sitting in a boardroom. I'm not, I have no idea what's happening within the culture or financially with the company at the time. So they had to make a decision. And unfortunately they did not make the IDX to um, uh, today. I mean, we, we had mm-hmm. production, we had models that were there to kind of tease the public, but unfortunately, the, these vehicle never went into production, which is a huge sadness to us because I absolutely love this. I haven't. It's it's rare that I'm like, here's my wallet kind of scenario, and this yes. is one of those cars that I was just like, here's my wallet. I gotta have one of these. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out. But mm-hmm. going back to the article, it talked about again, Nissan wants to sell a cheap uh, or sell a. I'm gonna say uh, I hate the word cheap. I want to say a mid-level cost-effective sports car to the people that are, they're going after the people in their twenties, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when you read through the article, it it talks about the IDX and, you know, that's almost 10 years ago Mm -hmm. um, when it, when it had mentioned it, but there's, A glimmer of hope, as it kind of mentioned in this article, and I'll read it verbatim. uh, That said, there's a glimmer of hope. A sub Z model will be released one day based on the statement made by the company's product planning boss, Ivan Espinosa, in an interview with Top Gear magazine. This is his words. Depending on which point in time you take, we've always had the GTR, which he's right, in Mm -hmm. a sense. We've always had a Z in a sense at some point with pauses in there and we've always had an entry level vehicle either a hot hatch like the pulsar mm-hmm. or something else down there at that price point and performance point and this today is something that we kind of miss this price point and performance point mm-hmm. is what they're thinking about hitting for the future now I'm going to take this back about within the last year. There's been a lot of like hints and tips about, hey, we're thinking about this or we're thinking about this. And of those, I mean, of course, the IDX is is, is a dead project. I hope it's not. I mean, hopefully anybody listening from Nissan in this, you know we want it. It took you 10 years. You could still make it. Just like all those people at Ford who said, we'll never make a Bronco. Now, Bron- now the Bronco's <laughs> out and Ford's selling the piss out of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah guess
0: what people wanted them but mm-hmm. that's just my opinion so if you decide to go anything else beyond the idx and yeah. that project is still dead so they're talking about it would seem nissan wants an electric rival for the likes of the toyota gr86 which they're selling like hotcakes from what I understand, the Subaru Mm -hmm. BRZ, and of course the Mazda mx 5 Miata. So those are the current competitors in the ring for Nissan to contend with. However, it's easier said than done since launching an entry-level sports car would mean it would have to cost less than the cheapest Z available in the United States, which is basically a $43,000, let's call it a $40,000 mark by the time this is relevant within the next three months, right? Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a $30,000 vehicle at this time. Yeah. So what does that mean?
1: And and EV, by the way. It's and gotta be
0: EV. It's got to have the performance and, and be that. So Nissan would basically be selling it at a price point that they may not make a lot of money from it, yeah. But it would definitely showcase everything that they're hoping to put out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you followed this um, this particular podcast, and, of course, you followed anything in regards to Nissan News, you know that EV is uh, a strong uh, potential future when it comes to uh, all the innovation that Nissan's been doing. You can see it all through Formula E. You can see everything that's happening with Polo Polo or Raya. Um, and then, of course, everything that Nissan's kind of spitting at you and all the thousands and thousands of dollars, let to say millions of dollars, that mm-hmm. Nissan's putting into their uh, battery development. That's kind of happening here in the future. So what does that mean? We, it means that we could potentially have something that's sporty in that price range, it, you know, the gist of this all. So we've talked about the Nissan Sylvia in the past, yep. you know, AKA the 240SX, 180SX, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But uh, we've seen some prototype designs that were just kind of thrown out there in the ring. So yep. what, you know, what would you think that would be, that would be palatable that people would actually buy in that price range?
1: You're asking me. Um, well, you're asking the wrong guy because I am a cheap bastard. Well, this
0: I'm is here. this is this is designed for you. It's yes, designed yes. for well, the the cheap bastard, if you will, yeah. that still wants performance. Yeah, you know, I, I'm talking I, to you. Yeah, okay, that's
1: fine. So I I I see what I want, but I see what I see more so is the challenge. It is a challenge. So they want. So you're right. So you want a a, a cheap, affordable EV sports car. Uh, I uh, want a Model 3
0: Tesla killer. That's what I
1: want. Model 3 uh, Tesla what? Model 3 Tesla is
0: the baseline Tesla, and I want okay. something that will kick a Model 3 Tesla's butt. Okay,
1: okay. I would say, I don't even know what the performance is on one of those. I couldn't think about eh, that. It's what it's I am it's thinking it's about So before we get into that, I'm thinking sports car. What does sports mean to me, of course? Well, we all know Nis- uh, Nissan and Nismo are known for its suspension and handling. That's one thing. So you want great suspension and handling uh you want a braking package now evs are relatively heavy um they have a really good low center of gravity but they're they're relatively heavy because of the size of the battery pack uh like you said like you mentioned though this concept that was this was thrown out years years concept. ago yeah. so it is a two door though i love the idea of a two door whether it's a hatch or or a
0: coupe i think a two door ev would be two door would be Hotcakes, so
1: and and then I started thinking about the price, and I was starting to think, isn't the latest leaf maybe after all the government rebates and whatnot that a, a leaf nowadays entry level leaf is about twenty seven thousand, maybe thirty thousand. So you're almost looking at uh componentry, maybe shared parts of what a leaf has, but. You're going to want more performance than what a Leaf provides because that's what's going to provide that sport, even if it is, I mean, you've got, I you've think, got tons I think of the, torque. The, but... the
0: problem with the Leaf, and this is what I've always kind of felt with the Leaf, is it, it, it initially launched as an EV eco-friendly brand, Yes. It, you know, as far as that model is concerned. Yeah. So it drops to the market. It proves that, hey, we can make an economical car that gives you the gas mileage that you want at a reasonable price point, okay. right? E- so if economical... it launches. so if i told you hey i've got a nismo leaf that's going to be available to the market and i'm just talking to the non nissan enthusiast like you just put it out there on the street for somebody to buy yeah would it sell or do you need to a two-door nismo leaf or do you feel that you have to kind of rebrand this completely in in some other type of package which i think is that is what they're trying to strive to do
1: well if they if it depends on the styling. I mean, you, I think of signature, the, the the body language, if you will, of what a car is. If you if you came out because the Leaf is was is it a, a five door? It's a four door with a hatch, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you saw one that had more performance with suspension and handling, I think it's going to be. Nissan has spent over the last ten years establishing the brand of Leaf, uh, of what it is, what it. What and it's it, an it, amazing it has, brand.
0: There's nothing that takes it away. Yeah, but, uh, but if I'm they saying... go to. If you're going to push that level of performance and, and yeah. I'm talking Nismo performance at this point yeah. would you do it to launch it to the world and have the expectation that you're going to sell a lot I, I think I, if you kept the Leaf brand
1: uh-huh. and
0: of course came up with another sports car minded uh EV I think it would it would do a lot better sadly uh, I would, it just because I don't think people would would understand historically um
1: well I mean I think depends in and I can't believe I'm saying this almost is that oh. if the if there was a Nismo Leaf, it would need to have a significant change in body language like a body kit and suspension and performance. So well uh, let me ba- give you an example your base
0: and Nismo. So that's that's yeah what would be launched.
1: Yeah. Now and the only reason why I say that is because have you and and this is just a parallel you've seen the toyota prius right have you seen the prius lately and what it looks yeah, like exactly and yeah, the variations that it comes in now it almost looks like a sports sedan what? now or a sports what did toyota Ford? do
0: they came out with the ATX equivalent you know the, they, the they retroed it you know
1: they, they yeah yeah yeah, I mean, but 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 you see the extent at which how how much it's progressed. I think mm-hmm. Nissan would need to do the same thing with the Leaf to establish. Yes, this is a variant of Leaf, but this is a the wildest version to where you're not even going to think about the base model after this. Like like the Leaf RC, the RC was a beautiful looking Leaf that was only for race production. If you took like those body lines, uh, esque.
0: You basically want an optionable body kit on these cars. And, and I get it, but why make why make the Leaf compete with a sports car model? You're making two of the same thing. And and yeah. you don't do that if well, you're a car manufacturer. Well, let's think, you would have to use,
1: the Leaf would have to be the sports car, which is probably the path of least yeah. resistance, because it's already established. Now, if you're going all new, yeah, that's it's going to be a, a, a larger, financially, a bigger hill to climb, right. but I still think worth it. I think the biggest challenge, no matter... Here's what I think. The biggest thing right now is costs. Now, EV is still relatively a new technology. We talk, we, we're we always talking about materials and cost and manufacturing, even carbon footprint. There's still so much to cost. that they, they cost so much that the profit margin is, like you said, it's going to be small. I think if Nissan is going to do a 30000 know, less than Z version of, of an EV sports car... I don't think it's going to happen until after 2028, my my opinion, because we've always talked about tab? solid state. Right. Yeah, right. I'm putting a timetable on it because 2028, they've said, is the solid-state battery era, which they're planning for.
0: Yeah, I know. They've got their money in it, so.
1: Solid-state batteries are known to be cheaper, um, lighter, more common materials. That's what brings it more affordable. Um they're able to charge faster, and I imagine by then they're going to be battery technology. Well, and the cooling
0: option going to be a huge thing, too, as well. So. Cooling
1: and a smaller footprint. I think the batteries are going to be in a smaller footprint, which Thank would give God. you that two-door coupe option. So, so I wouldn't say – that's going to be about 10 years, my opinion, if we see an affordable EV. I love the idea. I hope they do it, but – that's I think five. you're wrong.
0: I think it's five years.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, um, man. I blacked out when I'm talking about this stuff because this stuff is like.
0: All right. So I'm just going to throw this out there. All right? So you yeah. have the IDX. Obviously, everybody loves the IDX. They want it to be made. But if Nissan can't make the IDX f- for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you know, the Sylvia would be a cool idea. But I'm going to throw this out there. And I'm just going to say it right now. Yeah. Mid four. <laughs> i'm just saying like the same type of designs and you know just kind of brought it back i don't you, you know you if you want to do something midship, you can if it makes sense to do to get kind of displacement that you want what mm-hmm. if you did something I, and nobody really knows the mid-4 too is a concept so not everybody will love it but maybe right but if you throw something out that's like mid-4 you kind of make it look a little sexy Like you just kind of like the new, like a DeLorean, like back or even like the accents for like the new GTR dude, that's Mm -hmm. it. That's it. You're, you're, you're firing on all cylinders right there. No pun intended on the EV. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is just hotness right there. I don't know. I'm just throwing out there. If you gave me a, uh, if you told me that I can get the mid four in an EV and it's kind of set up like a, like a two seater, Like a, -hmm. like a Toyota MR2 from back in the day, the old misters or something like that. Oh, forget it, son. Take my money. I, I,
1: I was thinking about that. I love the idea of a, what you said, mid four. But I was starting to think too, like the power plant of an EV car is so much more condensed than an, an ice Uh, engine, which is because you have a a, a (laughs) block and then you have the transmission. But with, with EV, it's. Like the drive—is just a single drive? Because you have—I've seen rear-wheel drive EVs. I've seen, you know, front-wheel drive. I've seen all-wheel drive. I get it, Mike. You
0: don't want to make the car.
1: I get it. <laughs> just. Sorry, I'm just—I'm just getting it from like a, a, a textbook situation here. I'm just—I'm just trying to get my definitions right. But I do—I would love to see, but from a body line perspective or some sort of homage, hell yes, dude.
0: I think that'd be awesome. Oh, that'd be so cool. I'm just saying something cool like that. That'd be pretty nice, but. Uh... Yeah, just like mid four, just something cool like that. That'd be, but I mean, you gotta. I don't even know what displacements would be, like the power to weight ratio. I mean, it's, you know, God knows. But it's just a cool, cool idea that I I kind of had in the back of my mind when I saw this article.
1: So I'm, I'm gonna do you one better, man. R three ninety. If there's the body lines of a R three ninety EV, that could be like a, I mean, not that big. We know. Yeah, that but one. the thing it's the is, it's got to be
0: two doors, and you want it to be sub, like compact. That's the whole thing. Okay. Compact. And it, you got to remember Too what fair. it's what it's getting in the ring with is like a Mazda Miata. To me, I'm thinking Mazda Miata. Okay. Like you know, just something like that.
1: I see. I see. So, yeah, smaller chassis. Impact. Okay. Um,
0: Bob SoBe chiming in goes something less flammable.
1: Something what
0: less flammable? <laughs> <laughs> because all the problems that are happening. With the that's
1: eating. another story too with batteries and uh how to take care of a yeah. fire of those things. Edgar that's Furman chimed in.
0: Five ten form and and I feel really bad for the five ten guys because I feel like they just like that's it. The five ten came out. The greatness was what it was, and then yeah. that was it. Those guys never had anything else to like to 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 ban around, you know, to, to fight, to camp around with a fire, you know, that was it. And I, when the IDX comes up, I was like, Oh, everybody's going to be buying these five tens. They're already buying them. But it's just going to launch that car to another yeah. level of unattainability. It was already unattainable to begin there with. There you
1: go. But and like you mentioned, what if it just went EV-IDX? Like just say hey. – to me, that, bo- that that body styling, you don't need to tweak it. has been 10
0: years, but you still don't need to tweak it's that still, body it, it it was ahead of its time at it that time. And you launch it today, it would still kick ass on the streets. Like it still would look better than anything else that's out there.
1: In there its current
0: setting. I mean, I don't know. Where's
1: my wallet? Let me just drop it on yeah, the table. Just
0: take yeah. my wallet. Like, just take it. <laughs> that's it. Fine. But, um, yeah. So, but yeah, he's right. Uh, so that, that again, that's everything I had on that article. So, yeah. Um, awesome, now, uh, you had one more thing. Speaking of like, just drama and fights, uh, um, there was yeah. a recent article that came out about the Nissan.com website. I know it's been, we've talked about it once or twice, um, <laughs> in here too as well because it's just a really good drama story <laughs> but uh, uh there's been a newest update on it i'll let you tell the story it's crazy uh,
1: so i'll start uh for those of you that go to nissan's website what is it nowadays what is it nissanusa.com it's not nissan.com it's nissan why is that why didn't nissan.com become the thing well there's a huge story known about it so consider this another little story that you can throw at, I don't know, Nissan Mixers, you know, Nissan Nerd Mixers where you <laughs> hang out with people. I don't know. If you want people to – if you want to see people leave you, share share this story with them. But uh, this story uh, lasts, has, is, is essentially th- almost 30 years in the making. But uh, there actually is a long saga as to why Nissan.com is not used – Primarily, essentially, and why Nissan doesn't own it. Uh, so, want to share this with you guys and where it currently stands. Now, um, this comes from The Drive. This lawsuit, which has recently been released, claims that Nissan.com has been stolen after years of legal drama. Again, just to get started, though, uh, this whole story begins with a man. His name was Uzi Nissan. He was uh, essentially a serial entrepreneur in the 90s, and um, in 1994, I mean, this is, I mean, I want to say even so early in the birth of the internet, he reserved the domain nissan.com and nissan.net. They were both in his possession. Um, he actually used them for at that time a uh computer business that he had. I think he was selling computers, something like that. Now you start getting into 1999. This is the dot-com bubble that we started to see. Internet is becoming more commercialized. Nissan at that point wanted Nissan.com, so they actually took Mr. Uzi Nissan to court and they said, Hey, this is uh our we we believe we we should own nissan.com and this person is domain squatting he's saying he's just sitting on this site because he wants the money to to sell it uh and also they're talking about trademark dilution like harming the name of nissan by owning this domain um of nissan.com uh actually mr uzi nissan after oh nearly a decade of court battles won He won the battle. He actually was able to keep Nissan.com and Nissan.net. That's why, to this day, Nissan USA uh, is the site that we use to look at at the the current offerings from the Nissan catalog. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where that story has been ever since, let's say, the last 15 years. Uh, What's happening now is that uh, unfortunately, Mr. Mister Nissan has passed away. He passed away in 2020, uh, of which the, the rights and the ownership of Nissan.com and Nissan.net has gone to his estate, his family. Uh, so what the family has been doing most recently, essentially they discovered that through the uh, domain hosting site like GoDaddy, it's not GoDaddy, but it's another one, uh, that site... Um, they, for some reason, Nissan.com is not in his portfolio anymore. So he doesn't have ownership to Nissan.com. And we're trying to understand what's going on. Apparently what the family is now saying in this lawsuit is that um, they claim that Mr. Nissan's accounts on the hosting site has been hacked by an unknown thief And then the domain was then transferred to uh, whoever owns it now, which is at least as of this point unknown, without authorization of the family. Uh, I'll give you an example. When you change your password on on any site that you go onto, Mm -hmm. usually you get a little email notification that says your password has been changed. If this is a fraud, please click here, right? You'll get an email notification. Essentially, they're saying that this website did none of that there was no vetting process for the transfer of nissan.com uh so this family essentially lost the domain unknowingly and without their permission that's what this lawsuit is about uh they're requesting that the domain uh the domain host return nissan.com to them and uh uh, they eventually want to go to godaddy to uh essentially manage this site from now on but uh, currently if you go to nissan.com and nissan.net uh, it is offline you're not yeah. gonna find anything and uh, it really makes me think though man the, the world of domain website domain ownership it really is sort of a gray area I mean I don't not I'm not I don't know how much you know about it I mean
0: I I kind of it's funny I, I, when a lot of this and I'm that old that I remember the internet starting um, I remember when like websites were becoming a thing and people were buying them up and just like, and went through and just bought up the most popular ones and they were cashing in on it, you know, early on in that respect, there was a lot of people that were just kind of doing that just for cash grabbing. And you know, they may, I remember that. Yeah. And they may say it's like, a, a you know, a moral particular issue or whatever they want to say. They were just holding out for the, eventual payday for these companies to kind of just buy it up as it were, you know, but they bought these things for, you know, pennies on the dollar and then they're going to be selling them for some big cash grab eventually one day. I, um, I never liked that. I, I honestly thought it was just like, well, you know, part of me is like, okay, well, you know, get your payday. But at the same time, it's like if a business is trying to run its business and it makes legitimate sense, they should be able to buy it at a particular cap. You know what I mean? Like they say, hey, domains can never be worth more than say $5,000, you know, just, Mm. but it's like, I remember them selling for like ungodly amounts of money um, when it kind of came out and it just, I don't know, it, it, it seems just petty and a cash grab and yeah, there's companies with deep pockets, but, and I'm not trying to say I'm, I'm a friend of any of these companies or, but I always just thought it was just, it's just a dirty way to kind of make money. As it were, I mean, just cash it out, but there should be a cap on those. But there's no, re- like anything else on the internet, there's no regulation for any of that kind of stuff. So that's just my particular opinion. Again, well, personal opinions are not a view of, you of uh, Nissan. <laughs> but um, but again, uh, that's just my particular view. I always felt like it's just like, come on. And the guys are, they obviously own the business. It makes more sense for them to do it unless there's something where you both own the name and then maybe you have to figure something else out in a court of law. And that makes more sense. Like, Hey, we'll come to an agreement, but that all happens in in a a judicial setting. But I don't know. I just, uh, I never liked it. And I remember when we did this article, it just never sat right with me. It's like, it's Nissan. They've had the name since, you know, forever. And you yeah. just kind of come in and do that. It's just like if you did Toyota. Oh, it's, uh, I, you know, it's my it's for my knitting company. It's like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, for real. Like, come on. You know, sell it off and then come up with another alternative, you know?
1: Like, I don't know. Yeah. Just buy two cents. But my, um, uh, we, <sighs> yeah. One last thing I was thinking about was he said he owned Nissan.com and Nissan.net. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just me, but. Don't you feel like .net is like the AM radio of website domains? Like it's why .net? even when it first came out. It's not like it's old, but it sounds old. You want the .com. Man. What was everybody like,
0: buying? They were buying the .coms, the .nets, and uh, it couldn't be oh, gov because right. that had to be a
1: government. Gov .org, .org
0: that was another one.
1: Um, uh. Yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. They're they're getting pretty creative nowadays. They're trying to make it like trendy or catchy, so that people actually want to use it. I've seen them even abbreviate down to .co now. Like that's another yeah, yeah, one. That's right. So but, I don't, but don't know.
0: I, I feel really bad for it. Nissan having to go through all this BS. Like actually, Nissan to North America to go through all this, or Nissan. Well, they did. A, yeah, the they car did. entity. <laughs> But yeah, cool. it's just a bunch of BS that they got to deal with. So. I feel and like, who's
1: to say perhaps Nissan will will uh, ultimately get it back one day, you know, or to get yeah. it.
0: Uh, Hopefully, uh, they they kind of come through with it. And but again, I don't know much about the Nissan.com. I haven't been able to look at their website since it's been down. But uh, regardless, uh, I don't know. I, I just hope it kind of works itself out. And I mean, it's I don't know, just silly to me. But uh, here we are, right? But uh, really yeah, is. I I've, I never liked that back in those early days of of the interwebs when it first launched so (laughs) but needless to say all right um so that's going to go ahead and uh, lock up nissan news all of our rants and our craziness uh let's move on to motorsports so motorsports update uh this is where we uh take a segment uh where we look into nissan's current motorsports portfolio um it's race entries supported teams and basically how's everybody doing now, uh, Formula E is down right now. Mike, you are the Formula E king uh, that kind of talks about all our stuff here on the show. Um, do we have any uh, pre-season fun stuff that's kind of going on right now, now that with the season's over?
1: Well, there is. Actually, uh, it's funny you mentioned that, yes. Uh, so, yes, the 2023 season of Formula E is over. However, pre-testing for the 2024 season is underway. Actually, it just wrapped up. Uh, last, uh, I think, a week and a half ago. Uh, So I'll share the screen. This comes from the Nismo.com news site, which is that Nissan Formula E team continues Season 10 preparation uh, with their Valencia test. And so what they're saying here is that uh, preseason testing did take place October 23rd through the 27th. It was at the Circuit Ricardo Torma in Valencia, Spain. our two drivers, of course, we're talking about Sasa, Finestras, and our old friend Oliver Rolland, who is returning for the 2024 season, taking their time, getting these cars honed in and, and feeling comfortable for the, for the season ahead. Um, a little bit of news from the preseason testing. Uh, there was actually a, an incident on the first day, which essentially came. Uh, didn't give us much time, or many teams at all, really, to do much testing. Uh, The incident was not involving Nissan, but um, it did affect uh, track time in general for all of the teams. Uh, It wasn't until later on in the week that we really saw some good results, or we actually had extra time on the track to, to do testing. Uh, what we did see, though, uh, as some of the some of the highlights from the week of testing is that uh, Oliver Rollin actually was able to consent uh, to set uh, pretty consistently uh, top 10 uh, lap times. Uh, his his best lap was some of the one of the top 10 pretty consistently throughout the week. So that was really was a good sign for for our team. And then honestly, uh, Sasha Finestros on uh, one day particularly, he completed about a says here 122 laps in one day. Uh he was actually able to uh make uh energy management progress uh with the car. So we are seeing progress um for the 2024 season. Uh now the the opening round of the 2024 season uh starts in Mexico City uh January 13th. So that takes us we're just over 2 months away. So anything that we report between now and then will just be Simple test results or any type of news for the team, not exactly race results. But uh, that is Formula E on this one. Uh, and, Miles, by the way, uh, I do have the next one. So I'm going to do a twofer, but I think you have two right after me as well. Sure. So. <laughs> uh, honestly, I wasn't going to report on this one, but it was pretty cool. I saw this today. Just today, uh, we want to talk about the Centra Micro Cup. Uh, Now, we all know the 2023 season for the Centra Cup and Micro Cup is over as well. However, it was today that uh, it was reported that this year's Centra Cup champion, Mr. Alexander 14, uh, was handed keys to a 2023 Nissan Sentra SR uh, production car. Uh, Essentially, uh, a car that he has, uh, the blue one you see here in the pictures, uh, essentially, I, I, from what I'm learning here, one of the perks of winning the Centra Cup, this this grassroots cup, is that for a year you get a Centra to ride around in, essentially a free car for the year. So uh, this is what he did: taking, uh, uh, receiving the keys and receiving the car. He will have this access to this car. Uh, until the end of the 2024 season. That is until a new champion is crowned uh, next year. Uh, kind of cool perk. I didn't know that. And so that's what I wanted to share. So apparently. So do you a big old Sentra. fat
0: burnout as soon as. It gets it. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> 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 it,
1: and it makes me wonder is it. Well, what it. What it you know, and I should know this. The, the Sentra SR edition, is there a manual version option? Is it all automatic? Uh, I need to look into this too. Yeah, like. I'll look into it. It's a comfortable ride, though. I think we've had a Sentra as a rental car every once in a while. Uh,
0: we've uh, we beat up right. a lot of rental cars in our day. Um, yeah. We call them test and tune sessions. But, uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah. I, I feel like we've beaten up all the midship <laughs> rentals that we <laughs> should get our hands on from <laughs> Nissan. But, um, you know, we've always done that where we've kind of, like, had a good time with them. And I, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on a Sentra. Actually, maybe I'm going to hunt for that for the next, for the next uh, fun boys' Road week trip. out. Maybe we'll see if I get our hands on a Nissan, and then we'll uh, center and we'll toss each other the, the keys. So me, you, and I on and we'll see if we can uh, have some fun with it, take it over through the twisties, and really just enjoy it for what it is. So we'll see.
1: So sure, sure, man. Now you have the next. Um, the next two, I think, Miles, you, uh, yeah, super so GT.
0: super GT, uh, just kind of ran out this last round and it's now officially over. So I can actually talk to you about some of the, uh, uh some of the things that happened with it. Um, so it's actually, uh, pretty good for us. You know, I, I thought we were going to do, uh, a little bit better, but I mean, considering how competitive of a year it was, um, Nissan didn't do too bad. Um, I actually thought we did, uh, pretty darn well when everything was said and done now the um uh, let me just kind of talk about the last round so starting with the 300 class um you know qualifying day uh the gtrs just weren't doing great i don't know what was going on but we had horrible placement when it came to the 300 series Mm. 14th place gainer to max gtr Uh, 18th place the ponos gainer gtr and then 24th place, the realized Nissan mechanics challenge, which is the favorite. Um, it was just you know, I'm not sure if we have a sandbagging situation or it was just bad luck all around for all the teams, but that's just the way it laid out for uh, for uh, for the final day. And I apologize for okay. the uh, uh, excuse me, for qualifying now. Qual- when it actually came to the actual race on Sunday. Um, a little bit better. Sixth place, the, uh, the, the realized Nissan Mechanic Challenge GTR. Um, that's not a bad placement. They finish in the points. 13th, Gainer Tanax. And 16th, the Ponos Gain- uh, Gainer Tanax. Unfortunately, that ended up with the, the final round for the 300 series. Now, when it came to the 500 series, um, much different. So when it came to qualifying, uh, Nissan put its best foot forward, especially with the number three car. The Nitera Motul Z ended up sitting on the pole. Ooh. So they actually ended up taking uh, first position in that. Fourth place, the Realize Advan Z um, did pretty well. Fifth, Ooh. Motul Altec Z, which has been, uh, all these vehicles have been holding strong all year. And then 10th place, um, which is one of my favorites, the Morelli Impulse Z, I'm not doing the best in qualifying, but it is what it is. Now let's go ahead and fast forward to Sunday's race. Um, The second place position was the Molto Altec Z. So they went in from fifth place in qualifying, jumped all the way up to second place. Fourth place, the Morelli Impulse Z. Um, what's where they finished when the end of that race, so they the moved pole. up from fifth in qualifying up to fourth in uh, the actual race. Mm. And then the night, who sat on the pole for the qualifying jumped down all the way to 13th place. Oh my God. After she got there. Just a bad day for them all around. Mm. Um, they had some setbacks, uh, but I will say that that pole position qualifying, if you go back and watch it, it was pretty stellar anyway. Yeah. Uh, not to take away any, uh, Not to shine on anything that they accomplished on the qualifying day. 14th, Advan Z. So that kind of finishes out the the season, as it were, for Super GT. Let's talk a little bit about how we're sitting for the year, where Nissan sat at the end of that uh, that competition. So, uh, unfortunately, the 300 GTRs didn't place where I wanted to. I'm just going to say for the third place, the Realized Nissan Mechanic Challenge UTR uh, finished out in third place. Okay. Normally, they've won it uh, historically in the past few oh. years. Unfortunately, uh, not that case, but still finishing a solid third. They've been competitive all year. They really gave it their all, um, but unfortunately, um, you yeah. know, third place is is still something you can hold your head up. Um, I won't get yeah. into anything else because there's a pretty long displacement between mm. everything else in there. So I just want to give them their shot, uh, their okay. shout-out for third okay. place. Now, when it comes to 500 class, we've got a completely different situation. Unfortunately, first place ended up going to a Toyota uh. but that Supra. It is a uh, very amazing car. It's been chasing us all year. If uh, We've been showing it its heels. They were showing us its heels. It's just the way it goes. Um, but unfortunately, the uh, Super did take uh, first place uh, for the end of the year. But um, a uh, little bit of uh, amazing news. Second place uh, was taken by a, knee, uh, by a Nissan, uh, car number three, the Niterra Motul Z, the car that's been competitive all year long. They yeah. finished strong in the points and ended up taking second place. Third uh, was car number 23, the Motul all Z that's just been consistent all year long. They mm-hmm. are finishing in third. And then I want to give a shout out to the formerly Kelsonic, now Morelli He finished out in fifth, car number one. Fifth. So
1: wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I it sounds like there was that battle for first, unfortunately. The second and third. Completing a podium for It, these it only took
0: uh, one or two races, and it would have been a completely different situation. And the, the yeah. points weren't that far off to where we could have actually came through and uh, and, and, uh, and taken a little bit better. But, you know, it was a weird year, you know? I mean, between that massive wreck that we had before the, yeah. uh, the, the, the break, yeah. that car really never kind of came back. Um, you know, it held strong, but I mean, they were fighting everything with that vehicle for the rest of the year. So, um, you know, we'll see how things play out as we start to wrap up and pre-qualifying for the next year. But I think we've got a lot of downtime before that happens. Uh, we'll have to get over the whole winter hump, and then we'll start talking about pre-qualifying and everything else that's kind of going to happen with Super GT. But again, I mean, honestly, I think it was a good year overall, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah let's talk. To oh, go ahead.
1: Well, last year was first, but still a second, a solid two-three. Mm-hmm. Uh, is pretty damn good, man. I I agree. Three,
0: five I mean, that's not bad in five hundred series. So. Yep. 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 Um. So let's talk a little bit about also a more localized uh, racing event that we love to kind of cover, which is the uh, Nissan Challenge. Um. Now, the Nissan Challenge, for those that do not know, is a. Uh, it's an eight-round event. Uh, that's uh, held for the 2023 season um in collectively in California um now this has been going on for some time i think the orig- the fir- first round was actually in february and we have the last round um excuse me, the latest round was round six. That was actually happening in October. That was actually the Streets of Willow uh, with two more rounds set to go, round seven and round eight. But I did want to kind of talk about uh, what happened with round six. Now, round six just finished out, and I want to talk a little bit about placement. This is broken up currently right now between four different classes. Um, and the round six was, again, which was the Streets of Willow, which is actually on... The back of the SR20 reunion, um, it, it it had a great showing. So again, um, you know, we've had some Edgar chiming in. He had some uh, tons of pictures and things they wanted to share. I would have loved to have them before, but um, let's go ahead and. Ch- oh well, there you go. There
1: we remember. go, man. I got a few.
0: Go All ahead, right. keep on
1: talking. I'll, I'll yeah, keep right. running
0: the gallery in the background. Thanks again yeah. for Edgar for sharing. Because I love some of the photos and some of the uh, stuff that's kind of coming out of the, uh, um, the series uh, this year. So, again, let's talk about a little bit about uh, round six. Um, Streets of Willow, this is where this all went down. Let's talk about class one. First place went to Miguel Santiago um, in his S13, which is kind of weird because normally Charles Parks dominates that series. And Charles Parks, if you're listening, what the hell, bro? <laughs> um, let's see here, but again, I'm glad Miguel took uh, took the first place in that position. So kudos to him. Uh, second place um, went actually out to a Miguel Zuniga with a uh, rocket on a Z34, and third place went to Evan uh, tellez in his B13. Good job, Evan. All right, um, let's go ahead into class two. First place uh, ended up going to a Tyler Gray rocking a Q50. Good job sir second place was going to a, a raul faleto in a b13 and third place uh, was to sonja klaus in a z33 it's crazy that the b13s are kicking as much butt as they can in their class yeah. right isn't that nuts so um class three um uh, let's talk a little bit about first place first place to adam ja um good kudos to him Taking it in the Z33, and then of course, the second place, which was Nick Isidro um, in his Z34, and then of course, Nate grosso in his Z34 too, as well. In second and third, so yeah, Z33 and a 350 and then a Z3 and a 370 in the second and third. Interesting, huh?
1: You seeing this, man? But I don't mean to stop you. You see this, what? Like, yeah. Some guy, one of the doors opened up mid-race, man. That's a he was just letting, he was just letting
0: that little gas, but he's in the zone, he's not even looking, man. He's a don't matter. he'll close that door with the sledgehammer later on when he goes into the pits. Not a big deal. Yeah, class four, first place was a Brian Abad. Um, he was rocking a B14, and then of course, we've got uh, let's see here, second place was Kyle Fix in a B14. And then uh, third place was a Sandy Isaac uh, holding it down with, with an S30. So, yeah, interesting. Uh, that's one thing I love about this series is just the diversity within the Nissan brand. So look at all yeah. that. Oh, it's it amazing, to,
1: man. I, it I makes
0: really... me want to get a B13. I, every, you know, every time I think about it, I was like, man,
1: I should. Get okay. B13. I'll you get the B13. I'll get the 200SX, and we'll go have some fun messing around. Roll, rolling on thirteens, man. Just, just hauling ass as best we can, you know.
0: Yeah, and uh, Edgar chimed in here just a little bit. He was unfortunately uh, absent for SEMA. Um, Spinny Mathengi, uh hi from the <laughs> Adelaide, Australia. Do you want some of our weather? Currently, 106 degrees. Jesus. Oh Christ. my God. They're having another one of those heat bubbles. Oh my God. Remember that? I hope you. I hope it's not fires again. That was happening all over. And um, yeah, damn, dude. Just, that sucks. Right now, uh, I don't know. I'm in San Antonio, Texas, which is, I always say, a cousin of Australia and the United States. It's, what, 80 here right now, average? 70 something?
1: They, they do have a wildlife ranch out here, which houses zebras and giraffes and lions. So, you are going to say something just to make them feel better.
0: You know? I'm so. trying.
1: I mean, in the summer, though, it, it can get bad. But right now, for November, 106 in November. Well, Damn, that's brutal, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. Open passes for you guys. I love Australia. I need to. I need to make it there one of these days because there are tons of Nissan nerds in uh, in Australia.
1: Oh, insane! Now, again, not to be dumb, I'm going to be a dumb for a minute. Now, when you are in the Southern Hemisphere, that means our winters are like their summers. Is that? Is that? I'm going to say statement?
0: you're you're public school educated, so I'm going to yes. say you're you're wrong.
1: I'm probably On wrong. Every level, you're probably. I wrong. do know that the toilets spin in a different direction when you flush that water. It's <laughs> counter clockwise. centrifugal force? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's this a side it, note. And I'm wrong. But, I, I, that. but you didn't see, even that challenge part. me.
0: I was wrong. I blatantly gave you wrong information. And, and the only
1: reason me. why I know that is because of the Simpsons. I'm just joking. I'm Is that
0: whole education system? So yes, yes. Uh, Spinny chimed in against and currently polishing up the three hundred and seventy for uh, generations of Z display. Nice. And, uh, at the Adelaide 500 Street Race in a week or two. Oh, man. That's a lot of polishing for two weeks, brother. Woo. So uh, get in there. Keep
1: on doing yeah. it, man. Currently, oh, hold uh, on. Harold said we're just... correct.
0: Harold said one of us is correct.
1: One of us. So. Now, Spinny Mathingi did also chime in saying, yes, correct. Springtime here, summer begins next month. I was right. Hey, check that out. I was. I
0: was uh, just by the skin you. of my teeth. Just by the- <laughs> <laughs> You got lucky, son.
1: I got so. lucky. That's luck. That's luck. Now, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. this is everything that we kind of cover from Motorsports, but we do like to chime in uh, with special friends of the show and then, of course, yes. anything that stands out to us that is just amazingly and well done. And, of yes. course, we're talking about the recent information that we've got from our Optima Ultimate cha- car challenge, folks, uh, who we featured on the show here previously. Mike, you've got the uh, the news article. Sure
1: do, sure do. So, um, if for anybody who's been watching the show, uh, let's say within the last year, uh, we have had a uh, actually a really good episode, uh, number fifty nine. For anybody who's interested, we had an interview with two people, which is Bob Sobe and Brian Vella. They are the part of the team. Um, of a 2013 nissan gtr that has competed um in the optima ultimate streetcar challenge and this is uh i mean to get full details the best thing to do is to go to that website or to sorry to that episode and 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 really get all the details that they that they shared with us though but uh essentially what the optima streetcar uh invitational is like it's essentially uh, a series of events. usually about six or seven um, there are multiple classes of cars but each of the cars are graded on multiple segments or tests uh, examples include road rally acceleration and braking autocross performance road course performance and then you get into design and engineering of the car uh, and what makes it uh, unique uh, and this ranges. And none of these cars are stock, man. These are just some modded out, uh, amazing cars. And so, yes, in the last year, our friends Bob and Brian uh, have competed in this Ultimate Streetcar Challenge. And uh, last year, they won. They were champions first place of the 2022 Series uh, Streetcar Challenge. Now, uh, fast forward to today. Um, Bob and Brian... Uh, were defending their title this actually this whole year to retain and 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 be uh, champions once again uh, of this challenge, and sure enough, that's exactly what we did, what they did, and so that was what we want to do. We're going to give these guys a huge shout out and congratulations to Bob and Brian for defending their title in the Optima Ultimate Streetcar Challenge and becoming two-time champions of this series, which. In their Nissan Z, oh, sorry, Nissan GTR. Um, honestly, man, I I couldn't be more 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 proud and happy for them. Uh, this is their car that which they were competing with this year. It's got new livery, if you've noticed, Miles. Before was a kind of a white uh, different scheme. Now they've got this amazing red scheme and uh, livery. Uh, this invitational, I believe, this did take place. And if they're online, uh, they can confirm. I believe because this. It's not concurrent, but I want to say it's in the same time frame as SEMA, the, the, the final round. And mm-hmm. I think this is where this was happening. Um, and, and there you go. There they are right there, man. With uh, their awards uh, for uh, 2023 being the uh, essentially number one uh, champions, two-time champions uh, of this challenge. Um, man, Again, our interview with them and hanging out with them and talking with them, they're such down to earth guys, a lot of fun to be around. Really enjoyed them. Uh, actually, here are some of the results that they shared with us, too. So, this kind of gets back into what I was telling you about earlier, Miles the different segments that they have to compete in uh, to win. Uh, you know, let's just look at number two and three, which was a uh, model three Tesla, and you've got a Camaro. Uh, Road Rally-wise, they all scored 100. Okay, design-wise, uh, essentially second. Uh, Bob scored a 95. Hot Lap, actually out outpacing the Tesla. Uh, they got a 97 in their Hot Lap. Uh, Autocross was a 96, uh, essentially second place in that. Uh, and then getting into the Acceleration and Braking Challenge, outperforming the Tesla Model 3 which is pretty cool to see because, again, EVs seem to be uh, a threat sometimes, but uh, not in this case. Uh, their, their GTR really is just top-notch. Overall, though, they won uh, first place by a margin of about 13 points, which is rather healthy, yeah, I think. And uh, definitely want to give shout-outs to them. And I think I've got one more picture here. There you go. Uh, there they are with the awards, with the car. And there again is Bob. So again, shout out to Bob and to Brian. Congratulations for having won this, and uh, we look forward. You got to let us know. It is Brian just chimed in. He did say at the SEMA show. That is exactly where the uh, the final round. Yeah, it's usually where it on. all
0: kind of comes to fruition at the, that final round. So, yeah. man, I love the new library. I know you're on with us here tonight, man. But I would just want to say I've I've watched the library over the last few. Uh, a few races and man, it looks good. And by the way, the forge line looks good. So I've just been a huge <laughs> fan of their wheels and uh, um, I, I love their stuff and yeah, it looks great, man. I know you have a lot to contend with them and you got to make the car balance. And then of course you got to do the whole um, um, car show aspect of it too, as well. So it's gotta be a fully functional competitive car as well as being a fully functional show car too, as well. And uh, I know it's a lot to contend with that. And, of course, you've learned a huge amount from winning last year. And for you to kind of keep everybody off your back this entire time and keep it going again another year, that says a lot, man. So kudos to you guys for uh, throwing down a second year. And without not having to utilize an engine diaper, that is an amazing <laughs> <opportunity>. <laughs> That's right, the engine diaper. Oh, man. They had a massive oil leak that they were trying to control Are in the final still- round. And they still they had a massive leak here, oh. and they just wrapped it up with a diaper, and they Pig finished out was it, called, and, was it and took the and took the first right. And this year, everything, all the uh, all the stars aligned, and they just got it all together, and uh, no problems from what we hear on the surface. But again, we'll have to have them on the show, and they'll tell us about all their trials and tribulations, and then uh, about uh, everything they needed to uh, to put together here to take. Uh, first for a second year this time in a
1: row. So. Now before we go before we get off on um, the motorsports, wondering since you guys are with us, is there are you trying to do a triple crown at this point? A are, triple are,
0: crown.
1: Are you trying to do three Pete? Oh yeah, they're trying to, know know try to do a triple a three Pete. Going for a three Pete. Oh going for a three Pete says Brian that is uh don't man, change the library I kinda oh.
0: like it. Keep the dominate, same sponsors. Man. I dig the spot. I dig. Uh, I dig the layout this year. I think it looks great.
1: looks so. amazing, guys. Keep up the great work, man. Uh, yeah, we should probably follow up, man. We need to do some more uh, follow up and uh, <laughs> see about what's going <laughs> to happen. We're to get Brian 24. and Bob on
0: one of these days and we'll just we'll have them tell us all the crazy stories about about what what it took to win this year. So we got to have them on again. Yes. So, and if you haven't already checked out the Optima Challenge uh, artic- uh, coverage that we did with those guys. I definitely want to go back and check that out. It was a great article and a great interview, a great article, a great interview with those guys, great podcast. We had a lot of fun. Um, so, again, we'll try to get them back on here. Um, we'll let them decompress first. Relax.
1: Uh, we'll yeah, try go try jump to- in the hot tub, have some fun, look at the trophy. and then uh, <laughs> Enjoy uh, the your- win. Enjoy the win. And then when it's time it's, it's garage time again, right? Preparations yeah, for next year. Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So good. Uh, but yeah, again, a huge congratulations to those. Uh, this is kind of jumping into our special segment of the night. Now, this is actually where we kind of talk about something that we want to talk about. Now we are coming off of, um, again, the heels of, uh, of the show of all shows that we just kind of mentioned a second ago, SEMA. Now Nissan had a massive, um, Um, we'll just say a turnout or or display, if you will, at SEMA this year. So SEMA, of course, is the premier automotive specialty product trade event in the world. Again, this is all for, uh, and again, the acronym for those that aren't aware or even living underneath a rock is, of course, Specialty Equipment Market Association. That's what SEMA stands for. This was established, of course, in 1967. And traditionally, the event is held every year uh, in Vegas, for the most part, uh, every yep. year that I've ever seen. Now, again, this is a massive trade show. It isn't not open to the public. You kind of have to be within the social social media world or be within the trade to be, um, allowed, uh, accepted to be, <laughs> to grant <laughs> entrance into it. Now from yes. time to time, this event is held in conjunction with other events uh, porn convention. I'm looking at you, but uh, you know, from time to time, it falls on a particular date. Um, that's pretty damn funny. Now, from time to time, it, it falls on Halloween. This year, it turned out to be on Halloween. Yes. So, October 31st through November 3rd this year, yes, um, was when SEMA actually went down. Now, yes. Nissan had a lot of showings here. And uh-huh. For those that, if you haven't checked out any of that through the uh, Um, nissan usa uh, the instagram page you need to get woke and go check some of that stuff out because they had tons of stuff they had the safari rally replica that was out there Then they did a new z that was a safari z that was out there i mean tons of stuff what me and like mike want to kind of talk about is a few things because there's so much it was pretty z and nissan heavy this year i mean from what we were told and for those folks that we know within our world that went and attended that. Of course, Nissan had this massive display. Again, I want to give a shout out to uh, Janelle Gibsey out there who, uh, and her crew that put together that it was a beautiful display and they did a great job with it. Mm. But we want to give a shout out to a few other things uh, that yeah. Nissan uh, got awarded with. And of course we want to give a shout out to some of the yeah. lesser known, um, vehicles that were out there too as well. Now, first off, Mike, yeah. um, you mentioned uh that Nissan actually ended up with an award this year. Is that right?
1: It did. So this award was uh, was given to Nissan actually very early in the convention. I want to say it was one of the first days, huh? but um Nissan and the Nissan Z specifically was awarded the 2023 SEMA Sport Compact of the Year Award. And it was saying that the Z was being recognized uh, at SEMA for its aftermarket potential. And so, you know, I was trying to think about this too, is because essentially this has been the second year that the new Z uh, was uh, at SEMA. The first year, uh, last year, um, still very, very new. I mean, not very many people had actually access to this car at that point. But this year around... Yes, there has been uh, way more people uh, and and businesses and companies that are able to modify these cars in time for this year's SEMA convention. So this was um, an award that Nissan received for the aftermarket uh, potential uh, that the Z car possesses. Um, Part of me, I, I think, is... I think it's amazing. I love it because, yes, this this car is beautiful even in its stock form. But when you actually put it in the hands of uh, various creators, designers, uh, customizers, customizers, it it, it oftentimes can just make the car look even more beautiful. And I will say, Miles… When the new Z car, you know, chassis code RZ34, and if anybody knows the the nomenclature for Z cars, essentially it is a very common, I'm not going to say the same, that's not true, but it is a very common uh, chassis or footprint that shares a lot of commonality with the original 370Z that it's sort of based on. So this Z car had a really good head start, I'll say that, a running start with modification ability uh oftentimes some 370z parts would work on this new car the new z with very minimal modifications so again that running start uh you see a lot of companies uh, provide a, a, a huge catalog for this car very early in the year uh soon after it was released though um that's my take, anyway. What did you have anything on it? I'm sorry.
0: You know, I, that's about it. You know, I mean, the Z when it kind of—it's it, crazy when the Z hits market. It usually kind of does that, like it, like it, uh, it takes over SEMA, as it were. I mean, I remember when the three fifty hit. And, you know, SEMA was buzzing about the new Z, you know, everybody had to have a Z in one of their boots, just like when the GTR dropped, everybody had to have a a GTR when it hit the the booth. 370s, yeah, just about that, you know, when they hit, everybody kind of wanted to have, and then it was crazy, like everybody needed an S30 in their boots for a hot minute, Um, you know, it was Uh. kind of one of those throwback things. And uh, you know, not to to take anything away from the newsy, but yeah, you know, there was folks that want to get out there and be a little nostalgic and and start um, start modifying the existing stuff, and of course modifying the new stuff, and and um, yeah, I, from what I understand, it was a very Nissan friendly SEMA uh, this past year, and again, kudos to uh, Nissan and being in the right position for it. Setting up the, the the most amazing display, from what I understand, um yeah. of the uh, of the show. I mean, there's tons of displays, and to stand out amongst all those booths is yeah. is a uh, is a challenge in itself. So,
1: the booth itself is as well. You're right, and I forgot to mention this too: is that you know, it, it when it came to the Nissan Z last year, the primary car that you saw was the Proto Spec Z because those were the first edition Z's just coming out if you I, and this is just me but if you saw a z that wasn't yellow last year most likely it was wrapped or painted essentially yeah. at that point now here in 23 in not only more z's but this is the first year that you did see the nismo edition z at sema and and to be able to highlight all of its abilities is is definitely another reason that makes it such a. Uh, uh, again, a, a winner of the sport compact uh, car of the year by SEMA. So, mm-hmm. uh, I know we wanted to start off our back alley chat uh, with this uh, accolade for Nissan. Want to give them mm-hmm. congratulations on that. I know we each have a, a build that we want to share. Uh, mm-hmm. we can start off with yours, Miles, which is the
0: uh, yeah, so. I'm an S30 guy at heart, you know, I, I've had a few of them and they've kind of passed through my fingers or I've kind of, you know, passed them on to different, uh, different owners, but I've always had a soft spot like most folks, um, for the, uh, for the Datsun 240, 260, 280. Now the, again, SEMA was not short on, uh, on S30 chassis at the, at the event for sure. And of course, it's always hard to pick just one, but in my particular opinion, there was one car that kind of stood out to me for just being different and innovative, and albeit it may not be the power plant that I kind of wanted, but again, for it to be as innovative and different, I really wanted to give a shout out to it. So um, Motor Trend has the article um, where they kind of covered uh, a new Datsun uh, or a Datsun 240Z that was powered by a, a tesla ev motor but that's not the full story the the full story of this car is how it's done so well now this vehicle was of course featured at the uh csf uh, radiator company booth um at sema this year now this vehicle to me as far as a uh, a collection of just design um modifications is just amazing now the vehicle in itself is widened out dramatically in the front and the rear of course there's aesthetic uh arrow uh, functional arrow that's taken in the fenders and of course in the rear um as well and uh and just the layout of the of the car overall is just so well done in my opinion and then of course the the swooping hood line <laughs> you, you can't get any better than that and of course who doesn't like you know, six inch plus deep dish, uh, all around. Um, but that was guess, a kind yeah. of what was done. You know, what was crazy and bold is actually, if you kind of scroll through some of the photos here is the taillights. Like typically yes. you take the taillights and those are the, one of the signature things of the S30 chassis. Um, they were actually removed as it were. And then instead given pin line LEDs, um, through the back section and then of course exposed back. you know maybe I'm just such a fan of the movie the Wraith that it kind of <laughs> it kind of like salts a little of that into my uh, in, into my early fanboy obsession. but I mean anytime you have a car that's wide carbon fiber deep dish rims and then you've got a little accents of LED and then you throw a little uh, suede or Alcantara in there. Dude, I can't really... I'm not going to see any fault here. And then look at the engine bay. It's just kind of subtle. Yeah. So subtly done. Uh, and, you know, we talked a little bit about EVs of what you would want to see in a midship. This is it. Yeah. This is kind of what I would want. Something simplistic. Not a lot of covers. Of course, this is an S30. Nobody's going to take that and modify it and redo it again. But mm-hmm. just throwing it out there. I, I
1: did take a moment to read this article, too. And... Mm-hmm. uh, I love well like most and this is what SEMA is about right like at least for us is the build what makes these builds so unique so you are right yes the power plant the motor the drive of this car is a real world drive uh, Tesla uh, power supply now the battery packs are not so the battery packs I found out uh, not only are they underneath the hood, but there's actually some in the transmission tunnel. The builders hmm. had to widen and modify the transmission tunnel. Remember, there's no drive shaft running through this. there's no yeah. transmission, but they're using that space. There is a particular battery from like a Chevy, some some sort of Chevy. Uh, they mentioned it in the article. But you see what they're doing though, not only, are they putting, you know, one manufacturer's drive in, in a certain manufacturer's chassis? Now they're using a third manufacturer's, you know, battery supply. And it just goes... It, I didn't... If you say Frankenstein, so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to yes. talk to you
0: for about the next day.
1: EV is... Yeah, speaking of that. Yeah. EV is so new, but to see how they are, you know, able to interchange battery packs already. already. Jesus, juice. Is juice. So. Well, yeah, but I mean, I... I I've I could have swore I've seen, and I I just don't know as much in, in the EV yet. Which there are certain voltage systems. They you have a you know forty eight volt system, or you have a, a it can be even higher than that. You know there, there's certain systems. So it it was interesting for me to to see just how chain, interchangeable these things are. Um, the build yeah, looks mean, amazing. You're right.
0: Yeah, no, I mean I, I like the fact that they did one side exposed wheel, polished yeah. up alloy. Yeah. Um, you know, and then of course you take the other side and then, um, you know, you, you throw like carbon fiber fins on it that are active, you know, or potentially active. Um, it's just, it's just a cool layout, you know, um, there's just not a lot of cars like doing that. Of course, any carbon fibered out S30, I'm always going to be like, oh, it's pretty slick. But.
1: I got two things for you, man. Uh, first one is. I had to ask myself, why is an EV at a CSF radiator company booth? It's it's uh, not. Go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah.
0: You go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, well, so. Nerd. Because we're <laughs> going to nerd out here right now. I already know. I see what you did. You slapped me with a glove and you're trying to challenge me. Ah, well, it,
1: it appears that CSF is getting into EV motor cooling or the battery cooling systems so yeah, you you need cooling systems in EVs mm-hmm. to keep batteries cool. Potentially, Correct. the motor drives cool. I don't know what do you, what do you have? Did you have something else? Same thing.
0: Uh, yeah, I think we kind of were talking about the same thing, and we're not. You know, there's not gonna be a fight here. We're we're civil. <laughs> um, but now, yeah, you know, CF, CSF is actually, uh, I, you know, I'll recognize it. They're they're a radiator leader in the industry right now for aftermarket yeah, and um you know they just want to be recognized for that and then of course for these ev models surprisingly we haven't got to the the, the solid state era where we're needing little to no cooling capacity it's yeah. still a thing that's needed for these cars and evs are no different they they have to have cooling capacities yeah. and um, it, csf is is uh, is looking to display this vehicle um mm-hmm. and they're you know, the vehicle needs cooling, and they are the company to support that. So,
1: yeah, now one last thing, Miles. Uh, pardon my youth. Uh, tell me
0: about Wraith. What is Wraith? I, I'm the Wraith, the movie The Wraith. I, dude, I, yeah, I we just, uh, we just are no longer co hosts. You were out. Uh, uh, do you have it on DVD? Can I borrow it? Do you, it for like a really long do you time? know who Charlie Sheen is?
1: Yeah, okay, yeah, I know Charlie Sheen. Okay, Mr. you know, what he does. Blood. You know what he does
0: besides uh, mountains of cocaine? Do another podcast as well. And by the way, Charlie Sheen, if you're listening, my apologies. Uh, We'll have you on the podcast at any time. But no, he actually made a movie, if you don't know, called The Wraith. And for people of my era, it's an extremely cool sci-fi slash automotive movie. And it has one of the most amazing cars never made. So okay. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Okay.
1: I'll have to look at – I'll have to – I'll have to go to so my nice. nearest uh, VHS rental store. and. Uh, there, you can
0: buy it on TV. I'm pretty sure they even make a Blu-ray. That's how <laughs> classic this goddamn movie is. Okay. And you need to watch it. The Wraith. I can't believe you haven't seen The Wraith.
1: I'm sorry, so, man. That's actually one thing. I can't believe we haven't talked about that sooner. Harold oh, uh,
0: chimed in here. He said, just saw The Wraith last week in Peoria. Oh, that car's still making the tours. Yeah, it's a, it, uh, Let me see here. Oh, my God. And I'm going to show my age and, of course, show the fact that I've been drinking all night. Uh, Daimler Chrysler vehicle. Yeah, let me see here. Oh, Harold said it's on Laserdisc, which Laser I would disc. probably buy Laserdisc Ooh. just for that. There's only, like, three movies I would buy on That's LaserDisc. a
1: hipster thing, isn't it? Laserdisc, you buy things. Wraith,
0: Abyss, Event Horizon. That's it. Those are the only three movies you'd need in your life on, on Laserdisc. Okay. So. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, great. Great great amazing car and uh yeah. I, you know what we're, 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 this isn't the podcast to do coverage on the Wraith. anyway let's talk about your pick for the sema show um yes. now what did you pick
1: so speaking of frankenstein cars again we're getting into this build honestly this build i have so many questions man i and so, because of my curiosity and confusion, this is why I picked it. Though, and but you can, I can at least respect it for what it is, and the amount of time that went into it. And what I'm talking about here is a Nissan 350Z that has two Honda K24 cylinder four cylinders, uh, turbocharged. All right. Uh, now this is two inline four turbocharged cars one engine is at the front wheels one is at the rear wheels uh it says it also has two five-speed honda civic manual transmissions with them so you're, you're going five speed on this now it is what can i say now this is partially sponsored by Enius motor oil as you see here in the picture the idea sounds cool i mean you've got a front power plant and a rear power plant they're they're they're, you know, and I, old school gasoline engines. My uh, let's get more into it here. Uh, obviously, you see the amount of metal work that was done—the roll cage, the mounts—uh, uh, for these engines. Um, damn.
0: let's see here. The K twenty four is a pretty awesome power plant, but it, it is man to split two and then split two damn transmissions. That's just a lot
1: of work. Well, well cool. this, is what, this is what confuses me about it, which is, okay, so it's manual. And you have a shift. You can't use two shifters. I'm assuming you, you have one shifter. Yeah. Do you have one shifter that has a special linkage that yeah, modifies? Obviously, that it's going to have a up.
0: special double linkage. Yeah.
1: And then I start thinking about engine performance. So if these engines are matching, let's say you uh, the engine builder built two identical engines. I mean, who's to say the power is at equal amounts or matching at well, the same RPM? you some type
0: of governing system that has to split a signal, maybe? I don't know. It's hard for me. I'm just thinking. Off the top. I, and then split ratios for power, because yeah. it can't be equalized. Yeah, you know, it, both, right? I mean, it, it is a SEMA build, right? At the end of the day, it's like, yes. it's not necessarily anything that's like, fully functional and like you're prepping it for perfection sometimes it's just like get it done. But yeah. Um, who's to say, I mean, not to take any light away from this. Cause obviously of course not. Of this. it is a, fabrication. But, um, yeah, it's yeah. And see, that's the problem with us is we nerd out. So we yeah. want to know all those like nerdy little details, but I will say though, that for somebody to do a, uh, a build at this level, it's, it's definitely yeah. impressive. I like, you know, what's funny is, and, and I, I read a little bit on this particular vehicle and, of course, the last vehicle, not to steal anything. Yeah. But both of these vehicles were like budget purchases. The last vehicle was like a $500 Datsun buy. This vehicle, from what I remember, is like under a grand
1: bill. $800. Dollar. $800. I,
0: I knew there was an amount
1: out there. I do appreciate that, taking something that was... Essentially, scrap at a point yeah. and just giving it new life. I love that, <laughs> cool man. So, I
0: love that, yeah. I don't know.
1: And I will say, so again, aside from uh the Honda power plant, though, you look at the Z for what it is now you are on airbags, it's got uh air ride technology. You've got these amazing wheels. I want to say they were uh 12s in the back or 13s in the back and, and 11s in the front. Yeah, that looks like a fat boy. Um, yeah. I do see, check out the front bumper though, the front bumper. For those who can see for what it is, you've got 370Z uh, Nismo front end, but it was designed and made for 350Z. Could be a custom job. I want to say I've seen some on the market. Yeah, that's all molded together. Custom regardless, but you do see... The, the 2015 plus 370z front end molded into the the 350z uh, chassis. two
0: engines double the amount of oil, uh, oil <laughs> changes I mean it's just me I'm going through like damn I got to service uh, this thing so yeah I mean it takes twice the amount of oil makes, makes sense. So,
1: I'm sorry yeah 12s in the front 14s and a half wide in the rear yeah I'm just curious to see what it looks like um what what do the numbers look like you know uh, on a on a dyno? Shh. You know, uh, but just, I, I will say that just, it's
0: just for them to take something that previously was just non viable, as it were like maybe I'm assuming it was some kind of an insurance vehicle, or maybe just you know, somebody tried to part it out. And, you know, these people took it and, and put their flair to it and, and revived it and turned it into a damn SEMA car that's pretty impressive. And, uh, huh. you know, I will say the K24 uh, engine platform is is impressive in its own right so for them to do two of them that's pretty cool so yep
1: no i i agree man so anyway that's my
0: my feature um again ton there were plenty, <laughs> plenty there's of the there's a ton more and we're not taking away or discrediting anybody else um this is just two that we were just kind of bsing about over the last few days before we uh, decided to do this podcast, we're like, okay, you pick one, I'll pick one. Yes. And those are what we kind of came away with. And you can't pick anything from the Nissan booth. So um, again, not to take away anything from the Nissan booth, all amazing cars, but that was a a layup. We said you had to work for your, you had to work for your lunch and go hunt. (laughs) So here we were. So, but that's everything again um, that we wanted to kind of cover in our special segment. Now we did want to give, um, we normally give a shout out to our event section, uh, where we kind of go through everything that's happening. Um, unfortunately, this time of year is things start ramping down. Seem is one of those things that um, it's kind of the pinnacle of the end of the the season, as it were, for the for the most part. But um, happening abroad, uh, just over the over the uh, the pond, as it were, in Japan is actually one of the most amazing um, uh, Nissan festivals that are out there. Now, Mike, uh, you want to talk a little bit about it.
1: Sure, no problem. Now, this is, before I say anything,
0: um, I think,
1: were you able to attend this festival?
0: Mm-hmm. When you um, no, I've never been to the Nispo no. Festival. I've ah. been to all, shut up, I've been to all the other amazing stuff that was part of our Z crazys Tour when I went. One of these days I'll I'll make it back again, but uh, I did go to Fuji, went to all that stuff, but unfortunately due to a scheduling conflict, I wasn't able to actually make a Nismo festival.
1: Oh man, okay, my 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 mistake on that one. Uh, So what I am talking about though is uh, the 2023 Nismo Festival. It is set for December 3rd at Fuji Speedway. So we were just under a month away from Fuji Speedway uh, Nismo Festival. Now, this is obviously, as you see here, the fanfare, the, the dedication, the love for, for Nissan and Nissan Motorsports, uh, Nismo, is through the roof. I want to say this is essentially uh, the mecca. Uh, if anybody has a chance to go to Japan, you if you can, try to go around the same time as Fuji uh, Speedway and the, and the Nismo Festival. Um Again, happening December 3rd. Uh, This is in Shizuka, uh, Japan. Man, I I don't know where to start. So, Miles, uh, yeah, I didn't mean to rub it in there. I have gone to the Nismo Festival. Um, There is so much going on at the same time during this festival that it really is hard to see it all. Um, Not only do you have uh, some of your most memorable and, and favorite Nismo cars on the track, uh, competing or doing parade laps or having exhibitions, but you have a lot of, um, vintage cars oftentimes having, um, exhibition races. And, and it's just amazing to see. Um, oftentimes you can go into some of the paddock area and see the owners and talk with people, uh, who own these cars. Um, the sponsor booths and vendor booths uh, out um, at Fuji Speedway during this festival is pretty awesome, and that's probably where you're going to spend a lot of your time because uh, I'm sure you know, Miles. You know, at least from my impression of Japan, is that the the types of model cars that you can get is just extraordinary. It's nothing that you've seen here in the U.S. A complete ballpark on its own. Uh, yeah. I would agree. Uh, I came
0: back with way much more than I needed ever to fill my my coffers of uh, diecast addiction. Um, So uh, Akihabara was uh, was even worse to me. Like I went through that place and I dropped a good chunk of change on just picking up um, just weird like Datsun and Nissan manga books, and then of course picking up diecast stuff. But yeah, that was uh, that was cool in its own. Nonsense, but uh, yeah this is uh on the list the, the
1: these cars here in the picture that we're showing right now is essentially the super GT cars that that, you, that you've been that we've been talking about for essentially all year long you see here the the realized uh Nissan mechanic challenge uh GT uh, GTR uh here in blue you've got the GT 500 spec Nissan Z behind it uh what else do you see here I, I want to say that that red one there is probably the uh, RC Nissan Leaf, which we also mentioned in this episode. So you're really getting access uh, to see these amazing cars on track, to hear them, to get this uh, the energy from them, man. It, it really is uh, an, an amazing, amazing uh, uh, opportunity to see these things. Uh, I do see here that you have opportunity to hear with drivers, speak with drivers, hear their feedback and then you see a lot of the heritage cars for example this one here the nissan uh i believe this is one that we often saw with the imsa the uh gtr uh, uh it's not a gtr the uh what, what is it the r390 uh, uh-huh. is that the electromotive what what
0: no it's not the it's not that particular one
1: okay i'm sorry but anyway again a ton of opportunity um that is actually happening here just under a month from now Um, that's the event I have here. I actually have one more miles. This is the last one. Uh, our buddy Edgar did say that ours day is this month and I'm going to go ahead and pop this up here. Check it out here. Registration is open. Uh, our day ours day is of course a huge GTR gathering. Uh, it is held in the streets of Willow Springs, uh, racetrack, Willow Springs, California. It is happening on November 25th, 2023. Uh, I believe that is the weekend after Thanksgiving this year. So if you are in the Southern California area, this might be an amazing, this is an amazing opportunity for you to take a look at uh, on-track driving sessions, vendor booths, food vendors, raffles, prizes. Um, Pre-registration is online online. there should be a link. We'll put it in the show notes for you to see more information about R's day 2023. Uh, They do say though, even though it is November, take a hat, bring sunscreen, protect yourself from the sun, bring a camera by your way and uh, arrive early to beat the crowds.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good event. Um, And that's, you know, and a shout out to everybody that's running um, everything that's going on with Nissan challenge. Again, sr 20 convention in one year in the same year as our days. I mean, that's pretty next level. And for those guys that have to put this together every year, and then of course deal with all these racers and all their problems and all their excuses. I'm just kidding. You guys uh, put together an amazing event. And then of course deal with all the track negotiations that have to happen. Um, I just want to give a shout out to you. I know Edgar right now, you're probably in the middle of trying to reach into your deep engine bay and you're like, son of a, working on whatever you're working on, I just want you to know I'm sending you good vibes because you guys are doing an amazing job with that event. Uh, and uh, just go ahead and keep in, uh, continuing it on. And uh, we wish that you continue to grow and, uh, and thrive. So
1: that's it. Mm. Uh, actually, Edgar just responded. He did say here that a fun project we're working on is trying to get a group group of cars over to Nats next year. That would be, be amazing, awesome. actually. Yeah. Especially if you convoy. Call us. Let us know. Keep us in the loop. We might be able to join you once you cross Texas. That would be you awesome. You need
0: to do more branding, brother. I mean, like, get it all over all the cars. You know what I mean? I'm like... And by the way, uh, I noticed that there was, like, some cool uh, stickers that we didn't get over here. <laughs> I didn't get anything. I saw some cool stickers, some challenge stickers. Singing, hands are a yeah. little light i don't see it <laughs> <laughs> just no uh we don't need much to kind of survive but by the way i still love the uh, nissan challenge shirt that you t-shirt us. man yes 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 we are we word. are slaves for the swag my
1: friend so- <laughs> slaves for the swag oh man that's a good one
0: <laughs> but again uh yeah shout out to those and continue to follow it and if you're in the neighborhood um of the california area um You have no excuses. Get down there. And uh, they're a very inviting group. If you want to start just getting competitive into racing or just having fun, that's where you need to start and start uh, lining up with some of their events or just attending and seeing what it's all about. You'd be surprised how welcoming these group of folks are. So, Mm. Um, but let's talk a little bit about community. Uh, Again, when it comes to community, uh, make sure you're taking care of us. Uh, we are the guys just trying to keep this community alive making sure we're keeping the uh the nissan beacon kind of going uh, make sure to like share and subscribe to everything we do again our facebook is in the dirt dead because for whatever reason we're in facebook jail for god knows reasons uh, but again you can still check us out on instagram and then of course check us out through the youtube channel and yeah. we have a little um, Mike, you started doing our little bite-sized pieces, is that right?
1: Yes, I did. So, uh, what I've been doing here, this has been a, a project off side. Is that obviously, like we know, Miles, these episodes. What are we on now? We just passed the two-hour mark. This is like Three episode times.
0: thirteen, at least. Yeah, we we we
1: understand <laughs> that not everybody has two hours, especially on on YouTube, God, no. uh, to to see all this. So, what we're doing is taking these each segments or perhaps each story and by cutting them up into bite-sized pieces to where you kind of can experience the podcast in about 10 minute increments. Anyway, it's uh, should be a little bit better for you guys. That way you get the information that you want, see exactly what you're see, hopefully exactly what you're interested in. Um, so we'll be doing that more and in the coming weeks, I'll be doing that with past episodes, specifically our old interviews. We want to have those interviews available for you guys to to see more about uh, things that interest you. Uh, So we'll be doing that. Again, YouTube channel, please subscribe. Hit the notification on that. Uh, You'll be glad you did. And then, of course, uh, through Instagram is probably where you'll see most of our uh, personal interactions uh, until we uh, get
0: Facebook back back online. But uh, we're not holding our breath on that one just yet, though. (laughs) So, again, um, thank you for everybody for coming out. Of course, uh, again, info at uh, NissanNerd.com. If you have something that you need to send to us, an event, a, um, a personal interest story, or maybe you have a business yes. that you want to kind of share with us. Again, we don't charge anything for any of this stuff at this time. But, again, uh, for right now, you just let us know if there's something that you want to kind of hear or you want us to put it out there within the community. That's what we're here for. We are a community sounding board all underneath the brand of Datsun, Nissan, Infiniti. That's what we are trying to do and it uh be that, uh, that campfire, if you will, um, mm. for our community. So, again, uh, you can send us anything that you want us to see at info at um, Other than that, I just want to say thank you to everybody uh, for being on with us here tonight. Um, our next episode will actually be uh, Wednesday, the 22nd. Uh, for those that don't know, we typically do like a pretty decent Black Friday um, deal. Um, So, we'll we'll do an episode and then we just kind of nerd out on all the Black Friday deals (laughs) out there. So, if you are a business owner or if you are a vendor and you want to talk a little bit about your Black Friday deals or you want to get that out there to promo that, yeah, send us that at info.com. So, we need to know about that.
1: That's right. So, that is a friendly reminder. Thanksgiving is in two weeks
0: from today. So save your pennies and blow it all. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe you buy that yeah. Tyson turkey microwavable dinner, save your pennies, and maybe you're going to buy that coilover kit that you've been kind of eyeballing for a while. You know, what I'm just saying, or that big Aki break kit. Do it, son. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what you want to do.
1: So, that's right. That's right. Um, again, until then, guys. So, uh, Miles, I know, um, We've got some more. Well, you've got garage work. I know I've got garage work. My garage work everybody. is your
0: garage work. I got to make sure that you're, I got to get you back on the streets and winning some money for me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's weird. It's a Fast and Furious quote. That's a fast anyway, and furious. Uh, but again, uh, until then, of course, get in your garage, make something cool. I always like you guys better when you're in your garage, just like yeah. Brian. It, it, Edgar, he's in there just to. He's doing it right, man. He's doing, doing it right right, right now. He's listening yeah. to us live and he's like scraping his knuckles. I hope he just, you know, cut himself on something. That's what you want to do. That's what we want when we strive for that. So, yes, uh, get in your garage, make something cool. Until then, Mike, you want to take us out with a compie?
1: Let's, guys, do it. Let's do it. Uh, for those that are still with us, uh, keep uh, whatever you got in your hand. Let's do it. Let's join ourselves, uh, each other, with another compie. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the episode, guys. Gunfie, guys.
0: Woo! Mm. Oh my god. It's worse at the bottom.